Gotta write one quick note to myself. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, uh, sure, I sure. Little, I apologize. Huh? Well, I'll just take advantage of that tea to sour candy. Good call. I'll take advantage of this tea to sour candy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And this is episode... So if you're keeping track, guys should look up. I think up. it's 530. 530, you say? Yeah, that's what okay, I say. Okay, so it's 530. That's always nice. That's nice. That's a nice time. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time to start dinner. <laughs> right? Maybe you're maybe you're already a couple of bites into dinner. I, I'm already making dinner at 5. You're making dinner at 5? When do you eat, then? Hopefully by, by 6... Right, five forty-five or six o'clock. Yeah, five forty-five. Oh, okay. So you got a forty-five-minute meal. You're making. You're making something like. Uh, you make it like a stew. I'm like a casserole guy. I love a casserole. A, I love oh. it in the oven, sort of thing. Okay. You know what's nice about those is you can clean up all your pots and pans while it's cooking. So when dinner starts, everything's already cleaned up and sitting there. You don't have to do anything afterwards. Maybe clean up the casserole dish, but that's I'm, it. I'm part of a recipe club, and one of the things uh, that gives you verbal instructions if you want while you're uh, going through the recipe. And one of the things they do say is like, you know, now might be a good time to clean up that uh, cutting board, and that now yeah. might be a good time to rinse out those tins. I think that's good advice. Yeah, like I always, I always have the like a a sink full of hot water that's already ready for something. In case to get someone has into. a baby. In case someone has, we need hot water. Like you need boiling water. I don't. It was always like boil some water and give me some towels. Yeah, and that's yeah. all I knew that that's, you needed. That's all you need because uh, that would lure a baby out. Yes, babies. Babies love uh, hot, <laughs> hot water and uh, towels. Well, boiling that's, hot water. Yeah, they love boiling water. They want to get scalded. That's yeah, the first they love, thing they want. They love tea and comfort, <laughs> and so they'll. Uh, that's what it is. They'll just like pop it, right on out. A soft landing. Right yeah, in a pile of towels. I what? What's the boiling water for? I think it's to. Uh, um, Sterilize? Sterilize, yeah. You what? Matter. What do you sterilize? Well, your hands. Like, you got to wash your hands. And if you're using anything at That's all. That's how you like, like washing your hands in some boiling water? I guess if you have towel, if you're using the towels to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what? you don't know. And neither do I. But that, that was the thing we always heard, right? It was like, oh, someone's having a baby. Oh, uh, boil some water and get some towels. Like, I get the towels. But, you know, what's the boiling water deal? That's a hard, that's a hard boiled phrase. Boiled egg, if you want it. Maybe throw you can make it boiled eggs egg. in there. Yeah, and like, uh, then when the baby comes out and it's like, oh, like, is the baby which, hungry for a hard boiled egg? Oh, I thought you were going to say which came first, the baby or the egg? Well, clearly the egg if you're uh, prepping the eggs in advance. Yeah. I, I was just thinking that that's something, a phrase I have to learn to say is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I have a hard time. If people ask me a question, I'm like, well, let me theorize. While we're <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you know, you've been, you've been, uh, you know, around for two uh, births. So you I know, have, I think but like, you know what? I will tell you right now that I had very little to do with them. Okay. Other than the initial spark. I was, okay. I was part of that. And, you know, I was, I was there. I was, I was support team. I did some rubbing of hips and, uh, you know, prepping pillows and things like that and much hand-holding and things. Okay, well, uh, that's in the conception, less, but how about in the delivery? <laughs> but, le- <laughs> but less... We, we had some hot towels and uh, boiling water for the for the, the conception. Eve was much easier because Eve was not even like... a la- There was no labor involved. It was just like, we've got to get this baby out. She's in danger. We're doing it right now. Okay. They didn't. We didn't know what the sex was, but the baby's in danger. Uh, we got to get get this baby out. So we're like, okay. So that was just like done. Whereas with Mary, it was like a long, laborious labor that came to nothing. And then it was a C-section anyway. 
So we really could have just skipped all the, the Did nonsense. you ever uh, find out uh, how your labor was? Did your mom ever tell you you were a quick I baby? I apparently was terrible. Oh. And I was late. I came late. Okay, well that's now. But what what about the <laughs> what about the delivery? <laughs> and I also I also uh, s- split her uh, stuff down there. Oh no! With okay. my I don't know what I had. Maybe I had a big head. Right. Which isn't the first time. Right. But uh, yeah, I got I, I kind of got some uh, blame for that from mom. But it wasn't just me. All the women were sleeping on their sides apparently in the uh, in the thing. Sorry, my phone is ringing. I'm just gonna look and see. What if it it's, was your mom? It's my daughter Mary calling. Oh. Well, you know what? Objecting to uh, the discussion. Yeah. Hi, Mary. Hi, Dad. Um, you're on Sneaky Dragon. I'm on Sneaky Dragon? Yeah, you are. Right now. Oh, is it Thursday again? It's Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday again. Yeah. I keep forgetting that it's Thursday. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right, dear. Should Do you want to call me back later? Sure. Okay, dear. Or I'll call okay. you back. How's that sound? I'll call you back. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. That's come on. Let's be fair. Six hours closer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon, dear. Okay. Okay. okay bye. Love you, Dad. Love you, sweetie. Bye. Bye. There we go. That was that was live. <laughs> live. Nice. I'll uh, put my phone on silence. I forgot to do that. It's my bad. My bad. Ooh. Okay. All right. Very good. Sorry, uh, sorry everyone. No, don't be, family, don't be sorry. Family. We were talking about her. Yeah. And her ears were burning. Her ears were burning. She's like, Dad, what are you, what are you saying about me in C-sections? Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, one of my ears is burning because uh, I, was, I was like, do I talk about this or not? Eh, why not? <laughs> uh, I just, I'm tired of like uh, everyone, every episode starting with what's going on with Ian in a medical way. <laughs> what did he do? Did he slip and fall? What happened today? What did he do? Did he try to clean his ears with some hydrogen peroxide and a saline mix? Did that go terribly wrong? And now has an ear infection. <laughs> oh, you know, that, that uh, song that we have. Uh, yeah, that we it's have. pretty popular. It only gets longer. It gets longer and longer <laughs> and longer. Much like my torturous ear canals that uh, are some kind of mutant ear canals, according to a doctor. Uh, oh, is that right? So you were... I've never heard of this. I've heard of using hydrogen peroxide. And uh, yeah, and the saline, saline mix. Yeah. Okay, is that what? Well, you can mix it with water or saline if you want it to be mm-hmm. like extra. You know, if you have contacts in your ears. If you have contacts in your ears, that's right. Or if you just you know want to be clean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I you, you know forgot about the boiling water. Basically, here was the thing: like when I when I had my fall like a um, a month ago, uh, they looked in my ears to see if there was blood because you know that's one of the things you do. Yeah. And they said, uh, and by they I mean a singular person. I only saw one person. <laughs> okay. If there was two. Then that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so they said, no, there's no blood. A lot of, lot of earwax, though. And so... <laughs> so that made you feel self-conscious? Well, a little bit, but... Yeah. but because you're thinking, well, we've been instructed to not use Q-tips. So how do you clean your ears nowadays? Yeah, I didn't want to have that debate um, <laughs> at the moment. No, no, I'm not saying you're... It was pretty much... I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just um, advocating for you. I appreciate your advocation. After the fact, after the, the whole thing's happened. I wasn't there, obviously. Right. Otherwise, I would have got out my briefcase, taken yep. out my legal brief, started, started proceedings. And said, Dave, show him your brief. <laughs> and we were all had a good, uh, good body laugh with our uh, carry-on ear clinic. Yes. Uh, my uh, polka-dotted briefs. So, um, so anyway... Uh, and then it went through like a, a while of uh, vertigo because you know mm-hmm. uh, hit to the head. There you go, there you go. Mm-hmm. And then and then I thought like oh like as I'm you know as as we're getting on 
maybe the earwax has something to do with that, you know, because, you know, hey, maybe there's a buildup or something got loosened or something got happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I should, I should try clean, cleaning this out. Uh, and it's like, don't use, as you say, don't use a Q-tip. You know Terrible. what's going to happen? You're going to push it in further, make it worse. <laughs> That's what they say. Oh, the last thing you should use is the thing we've always used and it's always worked. <laughs> That's the last thing you should use. <laughs> that's what I would think. What do you what use to I put say? the gas in your car? I use that thing at the pump. Oh, that's the last thing you should use. <laughs> Don't do that. The thing in the pump. Put, put it in right a bucket. Shape. Use a bucket and a funnel. That's right. Bucket and funnel or just like take a squirt gun and, <laughs> and shoot it from across the way. So's. So you, uh, uh, so you I, went on the internet. So I go on the internet, which is great. Of course. Um, WebMD. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, so yeah, go on the internet and uh, one of the, it says like mineral oil is one way to go okay. or... You know, uh, another way to go is uh, mix hydrogen peroxide with water or saline. Okay. But make sure it's okay. clean water. What about candling? Did they mention that? They say that's uh, horrible. Pretty oh, much. oh, most people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, a, a lot of people think, hey, it's great. And then there's a lot of people uh, who go, geez, no. Like, it's the worst. <laughs> okay. So don't do that. So yeah. I'm like, I'm on team, geez, no. Okay. Uh, so, so did you look into getting that little twirly thing that they advertise on? I did. Facebook? Look in, I did look into that. Yeah, okay. twirly thing. Yeah, sure. But I thought, like, hey, I've got hydrogen peroxide and mm. I've got saline. Yeah. Uh, what harm could it be? So, <laughs> okay. uh, I put, put a, got my wife to put a couple of drops in each uh, each year. Uh, nothing, nothing happening. A couple fact, drops. What's that? Just a couple drops. Yeah, just a dropper. Couple small? Yeah, just tr- small amount. Use like an eyedropper. Yeah, eyedropper. Maybe like three, four drops. Not a gravy like a baster. Nope. Oh, okay. No, no, we're not conceiving a baby. Um, <laughs> okay. or, or, or celebrating Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Either, either of those ways. <laughs> it's, it's, I like that was your first use for a turkey baster. Well, when you think turkey baster, what's I the think first turkey. thing you do? Do you? Yeah, because I use one for turkey. Oh, very good. I never use one to conceive a baby. I did it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, I, with the spark. <laughs> the we, spark. we heard it. We, we, I, yes, we've heard right. you brag about it being, already twice on the I was, show. I was being metaphorical and kind of I was trying to be poetic, but okay. okay. And the problem How is when you way? get one of the turkey basers that goes gobble, gobble, gobble <laughs> when they use it. Then it feels <laughs> Terrible. creepier. Creepier. Oh, that was, a, that was a scary sound to me. Gobble, gobble? Yeah. Why is that? Oh, when I was a kid, I had a record. It came free with our stereo. My, my parents bought a big stereo thingy. And uh, we got this like set of records and had like classical music and jazz, and, uh, not jazz, but like swing, like old fashioned swing music. Just like a selection of stuff. And one of them was like kid songs. And one of them was Old MacDonald's Farm. Okay. And it'd be like, Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm he had a cow, E-I-E-I-O. You know, so the cow was like, the cow goes moo. And so you get this sound of this cow. And it's really nice. And the pig goes away. And then it's like, and you know, had a turkey, E-I-E-I-O. The turkey went, and it was like this terrifying noise. And I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, that's so scary. And then I was imagining like this. <laughs> I don't know why. I was imagining this turkey crawling up the wall of my house. And it was going to sure. like peek through the window. Just because of this weird noise. I wasn't like seriously thinking that was going to happen. But it started like freak me yeah. out. It's one of those things where you scare yourself. Or yeah, you, you keep writing this thing. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 The turkey. And the turkey went, I can see you when you sleep. What? <laughs> Scary. I know when you're most vulnerable. <laughs> so anyway, so you uh, you got a turkey baster and you put some hydrogen not, peroxide in not your. Not at all. No, I used uh, eyedroppers <laughs> or used and uh, and my wife uh, dropped some stuff in my ear. And sure. uh, and uh, no dice on the clearing it out. In fact, it seemed to like be worse. And uh, so you sort of really like full... muff, like made a muffle. Oh sound? yeah, yeah. It was like I could hear about fifty percent, like Ooh. in uh, my right ear. 
Wow. So went wow. to uh, the uh, urgent care clinic, uh, and uh, and and I felt dumb. Like it felt dumb because it felt like you're doing some ear stuff. But then, you know, I looked on the wall, and it was one of the things was like you know ear stuff. I'm like, oh, ear stuff. All right, fair enough. <laughs> okay. So. Um, so uh, the guy uh, is, does a swab and uh, says, "Going to check that out," and uh, and then um, you know says, "I've got torturous ear canals. I mean, very very difficult to look inside my ear canals." Okay, uh, that's what they call them, torturous ear torturous canal. ear canals. <laughs> um, uh, the left one not not as bad, but still, I'm a mutant. Like I, my ear canals go kind of wrong, mm. uh, and but they were also quite small, and that could be causing some of the things. So it gives okay. me some uh, some eye some eye drops and i go like doc i don't want to <laughs> he wants you to, step wants to take a toes. look in there he said i'll take a look with these eye drops yeah no he gave me some uh give me some ear drops some antibiotic ear drops so i'm like oh, okay here we go that's fine so go home try try them out and then about two days later i just start going through just this nightmare about like every every half hour to an hour uh, feels like my head's full of uh, rice krispies, like going off and like painful. Oh, okay. uh, big big headaches, feeling like uh, my that, it, nothing's popping or anything. My yeah, ears yeah. just still full. But is that like the wax reacting to the to the hydrogen peroxide? No, you it's, get that it's kind the of anti- It's the antibiotics. Okay, I think. Like, okay. I've had antibiotics before where it's made me feel like dry and staticky inside and electrically staticky. Like mm-hmm. the way I would describe it, almost is like. Uh, aside from the, the the rice crispy popping thing, sometimes it's like two aluminum foil balls rubbing against each other. That's what it feels like inside. Very unpleasant. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure you're not allergic to antibiotics? Well, who knows? So here's the thing. Um, by the way, that activated my computer that thought I'm saying "Hey Siri" now. <laughs> now it's now it's saying a lot of stuff. Oh, anyway, <laughs> where were you when I needed you? Um, so yeah, it was just but about every half hour to an hour, it would just kick in and like something. Little awful would be going on. It would feel like my buddy was in a fight. Like it would just be like adrenaline would flood me and full of uh, and ah and uncomfortable. So um, I go in after two days of that. I go in to, and to basically say uh, this ain't no good. Uh, and uh, and they flushed out my my ear, which was nice. Uh, and so the hearing was uh, the hearing was back. But she looked inside uh, and was able to find, like, they kept looking more and more and more. And they had to go, like, finer and finer and finer and finer and finer and finer and bring, like, another person in and another person in. Then finally one person was like, oh, okay, I can see all the way in here. And uh, it doesn't look like it's perforated, uh, but I can see, like, some, some pus in there. Oh. So uh, if, you've, if you haven't finished your eardrops, finish the eardrops. And, uh, and here's an oral antibiotic Okay. So I so I take the uh, I I go home and uh, uh, get Pia to put the eardrops in and then I take the uh, the the other thing and then I I actually take the the pill like a little bit later on and I get on a bus because I got uh, something to do yeah and then about forty five minutes after this I'm like trying to stand up in the bus and it's like almost impossible to stand up I weigh a thousand pounds like it's just so so heavy so cramped so. Oh shit! Something's really wrong. Uh, getting off the bus uh, and and just standing on the sidewalk, just trying to get my bearings because I'm feeling super dizzy. <laughs> Feels like I drank a bottle of wine. Um, I get on this other bus because I can't really walk up the hill. Like I don't feel super safe crossing the street. So I, I go to a Starbucks and I have uh, an espresso and sit down. And again, it's that feeling just so intensely of like uh, aluminum foil in the head rubbing against it, more aluminum foil. So I'm like, oh, this is no good. So, uh, so then instead of doing what I was going to do, I just, I just come, come home and, and, and 
and I'm just nuts. I'm just nuts that like for like an hour, Pio's trying to calm me down. And I'm just, you don't understand what this is like. And I'm just like sitting on the stairs, just rocking back and forth. Just like, you don't get what this is like. I can't explain it, but it's like terrible. Uh, and she's like, just call 811, call the nurse line and, you know, talk to them. So I do so. It's actually just remembering this now is giving me a screaming headache. Hmm. Um, called the nurse line, explained all this, talked to a doctor, asked, can I not take these? Or is it safe to not take this? Oh, yeah, don't take if they're doing that, don't do that. So went in today and uh, yeah, now I'm off. I'm off those guys. Okay. But uh, and it was interesting because he did some some. And so I'm going to go see an ear, nose and throat guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But things seem to be generally on the mend. Sure. You know, uh, all the tests he did uh, seemed okay. It was interesting. There was one test he did. I'm going to do the tuning fork test. And he did this tuning fork. Have you had the tuning fork test done? They take a tuning fork and go, dung, yeah, the tuning fork. Yeah. And they basically put it in the center of your head and, and tell you, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler. Because <laughs> it kind of is. All right. It's kind of a trick. Okay. It's like, uh, take a tuning fork. They put it in, in the center of your head, on top yeah. of your head. Yeah. And say, which ear do you hear is louder? And and I went, it's right in the middle. And I went, okay, because that was a trick question. It's misleading. <laughs> that means things are okay. I'm like, all right, that's good. And then oh. he like held it underneath my ear and like, tell me when you can't hear it anymore. Hello, this ear. Tell me when you can't hear it anymore. The one weird thing was, as it got like softer and softer, it became a very unpleasant sensation in my body to hear this low end noise. Hmm. Like it felt nauseating to hear the low end noise. Oh, you're hearing that gray noise? Is that what they call it? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So uh, went through that, and yeah, he says like it's on the mend. Fine, fine. There are things on the mend. And so today, yeah, was, afterwards I was. I was I was running errands. Everything was fine. Then I came home. Second, it came in the door. It was like someone turned everything sideways, hmm. and it was just this big whoop. And just as like Pia's uh, telling me about these nice cakes, our friend dropped off for this party thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, give me a second. And I'm just like grabbing the couch, and I'm just like, I got to sit down. So hmm. there was some kind of trigger thing that happened with like maybe me like hurrying home or something like that. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so when we started this, I was quite dizzy. I'm less dizzy now. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, the adventures of uh, ear infection. Okay. And that is, uh, let's hope, the last of uh, Ian's <laughs> medical starts Sheesh. to the uh, thing. Yeah, you only have... Uh... But according to the guy uh, on the mend, yeah. uh, according to me walking in the door uh, for a couple of seconds, like, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm. But then ear ears are weird things. So three days left in January, then you're over, no more of this. Three days left in January. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go with that. Should be around there, right? But yeah. 20... No, I didn't realize it was January. I was just looking down. <laughs> okay. I was so... like, oh my God, is it still January? <laughs> Holy Moses. That, that's what um, someone did a, a uh, there's like a timeline of the year and it was like January is the longest month. And then as it goes, each month gets shorter and shorter on this kind of pie chart, which I thought was sort of amusing because that does, is what it feels like to me. Have you ever had an ear infection? I used to get a lot of ear infections when I was a kid. Yeah, that's it's a real kid thing. Yeah, it's a real kid the, thing. Yeah, the middle there's the middle uh, the middle ear infection. That's that's a real kid one. Yeah. But I um I was a stoic child, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything to my mom. But she could tell because my ears would turn red. Right. That I was in pain. Um, you'd just be sitting at the table smoking a pipe quietly. <laughs> that's right. I'm I'm fine, mother. Reading books of nautical poetry. And then I guess it was partly the re- I had my tonsils taken out, and that was partly the reason why I think was they got a lot of that I got a lot of ear infections. I don't know otherwise why they did it because I I don't remember getting like sore throats or anything. Okay, 
they did do a tonsillectomy when I was quite young, um, which was an interesting experience as a kid. I don't remember it very well now, of course. The things I remember are, A, the hospital was, this is at Royal Columbian okay. in Westminster. The hospital was quite busy at the, when I went, so I had to I had to go into the girls' ward. Okay. There was a boys' ward. So did ward. you have to dress up like a girl? I did, have to wear, I did have to wear a wig and Nelly a... Nellie Olsen style? Yes, I had to wear a little, a little straw hat with a wig and a, a small gingham dress. And giggle constantly. Yes. <laughs> and so... When my dad came to visit, he didn't actually visit me. He went into another, went into the boys' ward, and he watched the hockey game there. <laughs> for, for whatever reason, tales of Canada. They didn't, they didn't have the hockey game on in the girls' ward. But just, it's okay. It's sort of interesting, like the idea that there was a boys' and girls' ward. I don't know if I don't think they do that anymore. Okay. That it was like not individual rooms. It was like a large room that had like eight or ten beds in it, just in a row on either side of the room, like five beds in a row. And then you were just part of the, the general melange. And then the other thing I remember is that it was after my operation, it was really painful to swallow. Well, the other thing was my friend had gone first for an operation and he got a ton of stuff. So I was like, oh man, this is the mother load. I am going to be like toys aplenty. Got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. I got one visit from my mom and dad the whole time I was there. Wow. That I remember. And... I don't know how long I was there for. Did to be you honest. at least get ice cream like traditionally? I did get a little bit of ice cream, like but not, the, the not much. And the sitcoms say it's like yeah, you get it done, and then it's ice cream city. Oh, well, as I remember, it, I wasn't supposed to have ice cream or anything like because of my throat. The only thing, because another thing, it was really painful to swallow. So what I was do is <laughs> I would just store the saliva in my mouth until I had like my cheeks puffed out like a chipmunk. Yeah, and then I would just go spit this big glob of of like globulous saliva into the, into the sink and wash it down. And then I would go back out and then I would carry on. So I'd be like playing in a sandbox. Like they had a, like a, a play area. Right. And so I was playing in the sandbox and I couldn't talk to anyone though because my mouth was just like this giant, uh, you know, just full of spit. Doesn't so. it seem like that would be a terrible thing to have in an environment you're trying to keep clean? <laughs> you know, a sterile environment like, now yeah. go play in the sand and now come back. I guess. Like, I don't think they worried about that in those days. Didn't care about cleanliness back then? I mean, they cared about cleanliness, but what do they care about? We're not. We don't have to be clean. I'm not operating on anyone. Okay. Well, I realize you're not operating, <laughs> but like you're going to be bringing a bunch of sand into the bed. You know, that's hard uh, to clean maybe. up. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't remember being like that. I don't remember. I, what happened is I ate a lot of crackers in the bed. That was much worse. No. Oh, that's not. Okay. I, didn't I was going to go like, good God. <laughs> I didn't eat that's your swallowing problem right there. <laughs> I didn't eat crackers. Yeah, those are the things I remember about it. I don't remember much though. Now, I don't remember. Why, I've never asked my mom why I, why I had a tonsillectomy. Actually, um, Lisa said it can be bad for you, like in terms of snoring and things like that, and sleep issues. Having a tonsillectomy can be bad. Well, what do what do tonsils do again? I don't know. What's the positive? Yeah, that's, that's the upswing. That's what, that's what I've always wondered. What's the upswing to having them out? Oh, because they were inflamed or something. Yeah, I would think, but I mean, I'm sure that I if, think nowadays it's less so. I mean, I know there are people. Yeah. I know someone whose kid did just get their tonsils out. And it was yeah. like, hey, old-timey. Yeah, that's right. It feels very old-timey, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, sure. have you heard of anyone getting their appendix out lately? Actually, yes. Oh, very good. Because I just uh, someone I know, their child just had a uh, their appendix decided not to like them anymore. Oh, nice. Went it out. Went it out of the biz. So, yeah, that, can, that does happen. It feels like less, right? Like, it feels like those were the two, maybe, again, I'm just going from sitcom rules. It's like, <laughs> if there was an operation episode, yeah. it would be, we're going to, okay. And the episode wasn't 
the person yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, and we all learned a lesson about grief. Uh, <laughs> it was about uh, tonsils or uh, appendix. And then it would end up where everyone's yeah. happy at the hospital and hooray and... You know, and then again, if it's I'm, a, if it's I'm tonsils, sure it's not as common. tons of ice cream. Yeah, I'm sure it's not as common as TV would have you believe. Okay, but I think it does happen. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an appendix denier like you. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in bibliographies either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and title pages. None of, none oh, of, none of any of that. Oh, geez. how about a glossary? <laughs> Sicken me, sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea. I. It was kind of an exciting time. You feel very important. Yeah, when you're the focus there. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, today in the waiting room. Uh, again, the nice thing about the urgent care clinic is, uh, boy, howdy, it's pleasant. It's very pleasant there. Uh, and uh, I had the first grouchy Gus I've seen there so far. Oh, really? It was like you know, seeing people go in ahead of him. I was like, hey, what's going on? What's going oh, on that deal? kind of person. It's like, it's like mm. dude, it's urgent care. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a restaurant. <laughs> You know, happens all the time. Yeah, like I, again, I of course I'm saying nothing because I'm sitting there. Firstly, I'm mad that I have to come back to this damn yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, I'm a grumpy guest too, but I'm keeping it to myself, like a good person would, <laughs> and saving it for his podcast. <laughs> but you know, the guy like openly complains. Maybe he doesn't have a podcast. Everyone's got a damn. Podcast. Uh, that's true. He probably does. Yeah. By the way, congratulations on horse mysteries. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, but this guy, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But th- but this guy was like doing the, hey, what's the, why she got to go first? We go this one. And like, cause they're worse off. <laughs> That's why it's urgent care. Yeah. They did a triage thing. It's like, you don't want to be the person who's in the emergency ward going, hey, why's that guy get to go in? Yeah. Lucky Magoo. It's like, no, they get to go in cause they're the thing that could be like, ooh. You know, that you get to be out here. That's not the worst thing to be the weight that this thing with the the thing. So, yeah. Anyway, that guy was just like, get out of here. You don't belong. You don't belong in this. We're all plight here. Stop it. When um, when Mary was younger, when she was about five or six, I think, she had a bad fall off a horse at the at the farm. And she was bleeding from her ears. So I took her to emergency. Okay. And they did some x-rays and they, you know, she was in like that, like head, head injury. Absolutely. Boom, right, boom, boom. Right in, x-rays yeah, head, done. Head heart and neck, boom, <laughs> Yeah. And um, it was great, you know. And so then they, they said everything looked, looked great and we were sent home. But then they called later on and they said, um, we were looking at the x-rays again and we noticed a possible fracture and we'd like to see her again just to make sure. sure. So I said, come in tomorrow. This is the hospital, right? So we had gone to emergency. So we had to go to emergency again. Yeah. So on the Saturday morning, we drove over in, you know, fairly early in the morning to, um, you know, early for me. So it was about 12. And uh, we got there, you know, and there wasn't very many people. This is the Langley, right? So there wasn't very many people there, but it's Langley. So there's not a lot of doctors on either. So it was, you know, taking a while. And half of and, them were faking it. And we, we weren't, <laughs> I hope so. And we weren't, because uh, you got to fake it until you make it. So then we were, um, you know, they were, we're there for a while. We're waiting. And there's this man in there with his son. And oh, the production, the size. So that's the loudest size you've ever heard. You know, just, oh, don't know why it's taking so long in here. Sure, been waiting a long time. And then people would go in before him because people were, were more, you know. Yeah, that's it's right. A, it's a triage, right? So, you know, when you and come you in. And you see the doctors walking with their margaritas <laughs> and like taking big sips on them and looking around. And just like, how about so, that big game yeah. this weekend? Yeah. And, uh, oh man, he was just going Show on and on. that golf swing again. 
And I was so I was so sick of hearing him. Finally, he and his son went in. Yeah. And, uh, and Mary and I were still waiting there. We waited for about two hours, you know, because we weren't we weren't in an emergency then. We were just no. showing up to for a follow up. That's right. Bring a book. So, so then we went in, and it turned out I got to sit right beside this person. Oh. And his son. And so then I hear that his son has a sore stomach, and that's why they had to come in. Okay. So and yet like, the well, dad's the one who's doing all the bellying. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> they're like, uh, well, you know, tell us, you know, what happened. So it turns out the night before, the son had had a sleepover with a friend. Okay. They stayed stayed up really late. They ate pizza, mm-hmm. and they ate a, you know drank pop and had a bunch of chips and stuff like that. Right. Then he got up in the morning, and he had waffles and ice cream. <laughs> and here's the thing: he is he had like a mil- he had an allergy to, to dairy. Okay. I wonder why he got a sore stomach. That's weird, isn't it? How strange! What a strange thing to happen! What a strange fucking thing to go to a hospital about and <laughs> sit and complain. Like I couldn't believe it. It's just so weird. Like. You know, how did you, how did you, uh, how did you hurt your hand, sir? Oh, I cut it with a knife. Oh, accidentally. No, no, I just purposely cut it. And I'm really mad about how long I had to wait to get in. Well, you did, did, you did it to yourself. It's just like so frustrating. So then they, they left, I assume. And then Mary, Mary and I went, did our thing. And, um, then we, we were coming back. opened with, what about that guy? (laughs) What about that guy? Yeah. So then we were coming back to, uh, we went back to Aldergrove. And I had to go to work, and so I said to I said to Mary, I said, "How about we just pop into McDonald's and grab quick lunch, and then we'll just I'll just drop you off at home." So we stopped in there, and we we're waiting in line. And who would I see standing in front of us? This man and his son. I said to Mary, "I hope he's not getting a milkshake." Back at the hospital, I feel sick. I wonder why. Because you have a dairy allergy. Why would you give us your son yeah, also ice that, cream? Also, that pizza probably well, yeah. had some cheese on it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, like just. It feels like if you're going to let your kids stay up till four in the morning or whatever, watching movies, eating a bunch of junk, and then he gets up and has... Yeah, and what what did he expect the emergency to do? Besides uh, pump the kid's stomach. Yeah, which they're not going to... probably is not going to happen. Not going to happen yeah, anyway, because yeah. that's not for that sort of thing. There's no tummy tummy go happy pills that, no. uh, you know, are, aren't just available at the uh, pharmacy anyway. <laughs> here was a... Here was no. a okay, this was, a, this was an odd thing. All right. In the, uh, okay. Tell us. So I got my, I got my mask on. Uh, he does the uh, the thing with the you know the tuning fork on the sure, head. Sure, sure. And uh, and 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 just for a second, he turns to me and goes like, "You have really nice eyes." Did anyone ever tell you that? <laughs> That's nice. It was. Is it? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was just like, "What? Like, what? Are we flirting? What's happening? Is that just? Is that a thing you say while you're in an exam? Like, you have nice eyes. Has anyone ever told you that? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So that's legit. That's fine. You think that's a that's an okay? That's a pass for you? That's yeah, okay. All yeah, right. It's fine. All right. That that opinion is noted. He too. said nice eyes, right? Yeah, you got you got nice eyes. Did anyone ever tell you that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Hey man. Moving on. We're in our fifties. Let's just take it where we can get it. <laughs> I don't think that's how Take that it works. where we can get it. I don't think that's a good way to go about it. Just <laughs> take it where you can get I'll it. Just, whatever. I don't care. Compliments if you want it, here it is. Come and get it. I just, but you better hurry because yep. it's going fast. That's true. <laughs> it is, does go fast. Then you don't get them anymore. All right. No one's going to look at your eyes eventually. <laughs> Enjoy it well, lass. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Fine. Back to, uh, by the way, and Mary was fine. It wasn't a fracture. Just, just, just. No. Oh, yeah. No, she was fine. She was fine. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Uh, but she, she did get, she did suffer a little hearing loss from it, unfortunately. But, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, uh, now, uh, you, she got injured on And horse. she's never been able to remember when it's Thursday, ever since the fall. 
Was that the day that it happened? <laughs> just right. block that day just of the week out of your memory. It's funny because I was up in the um, I was up in the hayloft moving hay around because we were it was about hay it was hay season was just about to start. Okay, and so I was just clearing out all the old bales that were still up there, just and then I was sweeping out all the detritus, just making getting everything ready, getting everything tickety boo for uh, for the haying season. And then I get this call from down below. This is like. Dave, come down here. Like, kind of like really urgent. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, no, no, get down here right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I ran, jumped down from the hayloft yeah, yeah. and they're, they're like, you gotta take Mary to the hospital. She fell off. And blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, threw her in the truck. Probably should throw her, but yeah, okay. Yeah, just threw her in the back. Okay. <laughs> it's an emergency. <laughs> Put her on her skateboard. Say, uh, all right, grab on. Let's go. Time, for, time to bumper ski. Yep. Back to the future style. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good, it was a, but I shouldn't say it was good. It was a bad. It was a bad day. Very nerve wracking. But it was a good day. And uh, not bad news at the end. That's of the right. Day. That's right. Yeah, she was fine. So uh, she fell off a horse, which ties into horses, which ties into <laughs> uh, what we were talking about a little earlier. You got a new podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one we've talked about on the show. Went we through uh, many potential names, <laughs> but I decided. It seems like everyone came around to my name. Yes. I felt there was some resistance early on. I should say I felt the it. There was at least once. There was some definite resistance to the Because uh, when to you first name. hear the name, you go, yeah, man. And then <laughs> you come up with the clever names. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you go, eh, the first name makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do we call it? Sliced bread. Ah, but what do we call it? Wonder loaf. <laughs> what do we call it? Uh, yeah. And then at the end of it, you're just like, it's sliced bread. Yeah. It, it's going to sell like sliced bread. I just... I mean, I liked people's, I like people's jokey names and stuff like that, but I just felt like it just didn't sell the idea what it was, the way Horse Mysteries does. And a jokey name is funny a couple of times. Yeah. Then it's yeah. not. Then it is. Yeah. Then it becomes weird. And it's, yeah, we have a company that um, picks up from where I work called, called Well Hung Doors. And you're just kind of like, mm. I'm sure that was funny in the bar when you thought of it. I'm sure it was hilarious. But you know what? Now you got to drive around with that on your truck. <laughs> And you got to park next to a school. And whenever I say it at work, I always make a point of going, well hung doors. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Next. I mean, someone's got to answer the phone with that name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, um, so horse mysteries. Yes. Are these things that are mysteries to horses? They yes. don't understand. This is things horses don't understand. That's right. Podcast by alone is a mystery to a horse. They right. So you just try to explain to a horse. Yeah. What a podcast episode. is. Yeah. Yeah, we choose a different topic. This week, we're uh, talking about anti-disestablishmentarianism, which is a long word. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to start off by confusing the horse right away. But just the whole concept of what it was and the whole movement. And uh, the horses didn't seem to get it at all. Okay. Harris was... I'd suggest like next week where apples come from. I will say this. Harris <laughs> had some good questions. Okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And this is episode... <laughs> this is episode one. No, it's... it's well, it's not totally true crime it's horse mysteries so it might be medical mysteries involving horses okay or it might be uh might be criminal like this mysterious cases involving horses okay and we're obviously there'll be some stories that are very unsavory and unpleasant and some that will be fun now is each episode a single mystery every yeah each one is a single story so this this one this week is called sauf et which is french because it was a horse from quebec uh, a broodmare named uh, Fan, Fan, Fan Felouche. That was the name of the horse. And uh, 
she mysteriously disappeared. And it's it's a mystery. Okay. And so, yeah, it's quite a bit of fun. And I just want to thank on the show uh, Chris Roberts, who, when he heard we were doing a podcast, excitedly volunteered uh, music. Oh. And so that was very nice of him. And yeah, so he 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 is uh, he he chose and I guess he wrote and chose the theme. I guess he chose to write it. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice to have that. And you do it with I do it with my oh yeah sorry I do it with my wife Lisa. Okay. Who is a horse person she loves horses she's a centaur she loves animals actually she's like okay. this crazy animal person i shouldn't say crazy i just mean like crazy in the sense that she's she's just amazing how she how she approaches animals and um, not from behind not from behind not horses anyway that's right and yeah she just but she loves horses so much they're just a huge part of her life and she's just made it part of her life you know and she knows she knows so much about them so it's kind of fun that way like um the only problem with this episode for me was that we had to record it twice because somehow, even though I recorded it at home, it disappeared off of the, it disappeared. So I don't know if it like, I got, oh, wow. if it, I don't know if like a US, this, the SD card I had accidentally got reformatted Oh, or what, because it just disappeared on it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. So we had to re-record it, which is never as fun because all the spontaneity and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and I didn't, yeah. and she's made a point of not telling me what the stories are about. And so I'm learning about it as we go. And so you're getting my honest reactions. This time you're not getting so much of my honest reactions because I, I knew, I knew how the story went. So I, that's kind of sucks. But, uh, but next time we'll do better. Okay. Very nice. And then we realized when we started to do it that neither of us has ever, have ever listened to a, a true crime podcast. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So well, well, why then the motivation to do a true crime podcast? Like, well, it's not so much that it's just to do a horse related thing. Mm-hmm. I guess the true crime part of it's kind of kind of interesting, but yeah, I don't know. It's Lisa wanted to do it. She likes mysteries though, so okay. That's does, her bag. Uh, uh, has she, does she watch true crime television shows? She does. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah. you're familiar at least with that uh, yes. side of things. Homicide hunters and all those sort of shows. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I've never listened to uh, or ne- I've never watched. I think a true crime television show, but I have heard some true crime pro- podcasts, like Serial or one of those sort of yeah. things. Yeah, I've never listened to them, so I have no idea what the format is or how how people approach them. So, or is this like an inept mess? I'm sure, but it's good. Fun. No, that's probably it's a good. fun inept mess. No, it's a fresh take. Let's <laughs> it's go a fresh with that. take. Let's call that. A, it's a breath of fresh air. Also, I don't think people. Well, I mean, maybe there's other people doing horse mysteries, but you know, uh, who, who knows? And they're uh, and they're and they're true. So it's not like could, uh, you know. I was thinking like if Dick Francis, you know, <laughs> had a podcast, but but then he'd be doing fictional uh, exactly. Horse mysteries. Yeah. Um, there may be other ones, but I'll I'll say right now quite confidently that there is no other horse-related podcast uh, or horse like true crime that has a host that knows more than Lisa knows about horses. Oh, because she okay. What she knows, gauntlet. What she knows could fill a book. Dropped. Could fill a couple books. Okay, she knows a lot. I'm not. I'm not joking. She's amazingly. So this is the first podcast you've been on where you're not the expert. Yeah, that's where right. You're the, I'm, I'm you're the, the Ian. I am the Ian. So I'm gonna get a lot. We're gonna get a lot of comments. I'm hoping yeah. we get a lot of comments. You're gonna like get people from ELO cover bands. It'd like, be a great, mad at you. <laughs> be a great show if if David would shut up and quit <laughs> making jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Naysayers. Uh huh. That's right. Straight from the horse's mouth. We get it. <laughs> to be to be honest, I tell I, us about how the horse murdered the man again. <laughs> unlike with um, unlike with completely Beatles and stuff, I actually edited this this show. Ah, make yourself look good. I no, I cut myself out. Okay. A lot. I realized, oh, this is 
I'm not contributing anything here. Just snip me out of that. Oh, boy. Get okay. rid of me here. All right. Get rid of that stuff. Okay. Ugh. What are they thinking? Why did I say that? Just circumcise yourself right <laughs> out of that thing. <laughs> I think partly because Lisa wanted a quick, run, like a fast running time. Yep. And so uh, my uh, loquaciousness is not always... Snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Isn't that always help, helpful? So, so is Lisa tracking down these horse mysteries? Has she got a couple? Uh, oh, yeah, she's the, got quite a few. In the bag? I think she's got eight so far. So you're not looking up any of these because you, you're the no, you're I'm, the rube. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the... I'm the I'm you the, don't say. I'm the listener. I am you, ex- experiencing Yeah, I'm experiencing but it But wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And yeah. you've, you've only recorded one so far? We've recorded one, yes. Okay. All right. So... Did, let me ask you. Let me ask you this much. Okay. Uh, and again, I don't want to know how it ends. But uh, do you think you solved the mystery by the end of it? Oh no, I don't try to solve the mystery. All right. I I never do that. Even if I'm watching like a TV show, I never go. I betcha. Right. You just like to be surprised through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You don't jump ahead. Yeah. No, I don't. Okay. No, when I watch something, I'm just I completely immerse myself in it. I don't think about it. So it takes me usually it takes me a while to when I watch something to to. Um, that's a word I'm trying to think of. It takes me a while to oh, shoot. <laughs> takes me, you know, it takes me a while to let it kind of settle in my mind and sure. filter down what I, how I feel about it, and and you know, I have to like, you know, because something that I watch. I mean, it, it, almost every movie is sort of enjoyable, unless it's really terrible. But most movies are, <laughs> most movies are at least passably entertaining. Sure. And if you just they watch try. it, you're yeah, you're fine. You know, it's not till afterwards that you're thinking stuff like, boy, did that character. You know, didn't have any agency at all. That's really because those are things that I like, and you know, like there, I have sort of rules in my mind of what makes a good story. Okay. You know, and so then I have to look look back at it and go, did they, you know, what kind of what kind of thing, what kind of shortcuts they take, or did they like, you know, did they, was it like a perfect character who knew everything, you know, just stuff like that yeah. that can kind of be irksome, you know. But I have to usually after I watch it, if someone asked me what I thought, I would be like, oh, it was fine, that was it was fine. Then they watch it, they're like, that movie was terrible. I'm like, oh. I, Sure. I, I don't. Why did I say I liked it? <laughs> like, yeah, he said it was fine. Oh, that's just my feelings at the moment. Like, I, I don't know. I have to like think about it. I can't just. I can't just decide right away. I mean, there's some movies where you just like, well, this is garbage. Like when you watch um that last Star Wars film that came out. Mm. You know, you're just like obviously you're watching garbage. You know, you're watching garbage, and there's a lot of work put into the garbage. But yeah, especially so it work. ends. I know, isn't that crazy? So much work, so much work put in the costumes. So much work put into everything. Uh, it's there's nothing against all the people. That, I mean, the actors were all good, and everything looked good in it. Except you know, but it's so it just felt so like thrown together. We're ticking boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, I, and and you what don't is a realize- list of things the internet hated? Let's make sure that we. We we uh, deny you know to sort of nag all those things out of the, out of existence you know, yeah. and then okay. uh, then you get something like the Mandalorian or whatever and go oh oh yeah you can just yeah that's fun the the world's fun again and it just keeps building and building and building it's like that's really fun mm-hmm. to the point where like you know you're now watching Book of Boba Fett and they're on Tatooine I'm like I really like Tatooine when did I like Tatooine <laughs> I never Tatooine before but it's just like it's and not it's just a nostalgia thing of just mm. like hey there's that robot I've seen before and. Hey, there's that thing. It's like, no, I like all these characters. What's going on? Why don't you go to the bar? What's happening at the bar? What's going on down there? I found it a little uh, boring. What, uh, Boba Fett? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not, not into it. I'm, I was talking to someone at work today, uh, one of the customers, and he said, well, make sure you watch the most recent episode. I yeah, think you'll, the, I think you'll the like it. The most recent one's uh, 
not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, he said, I think you'll like it. I said, oh, okay. I said, I, what I've really been enjoying is Peacemaker, the uh, mm-hmm. the James Gunn. I just written, got followed by John directed. Senna on uh, Twitter, which I guess maybe he's doing to a lot of people. But it was like, hey, that's neat. His publicist followed you. That's nice. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know if it's really could him. Be. Could really be him. Who knows? It could be. It could so be him. It could be not. But yeah, no, Peacemaker's, uh, Peacemaker's been surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice opening sequence. The dance number. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love their serious faces and their like, it is how weirdly serious they are. They're as, dancing. They're, as they're uh, dancing to, uh, do you really want to taste it? I don't know Which who I've that never is. heard the song before, yeah. but I'm just yeah. like, that is what the song's saying, right? Do you yeah. really want it? Do you really want to taste it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. Well, and they're yeah. all doing such weird dance moves. So yeah, this weird, yeah. interesting. Yeah. What's, yeah. What, what's, what's what does this, this mean? About? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. It's just very strange. It's, it's good though. It's really, it's a, and it's kind of fun because, I mean, we saw the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. We all hated Peacemaker. You know, he was a jerk, yeah, a murderer, a self-righteous asshole, and then he killed someone that I didn't really particularly like until I, I saw that movie. Then I suddenly really like Rick Flag. He suddenly seemed like a really nice guy, yeah. And then he gets killed, and you're like, oh, that's terrible. This person's the worst person in the world. And then this show's job is to make that worst person in the world palatable to you in some yeah. way to make you understand. He thinks he's the worst person too. Yeah. (laughs) That's the the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to realize, oh, okay, he's, you know, his actions are, you know, not entirely his fault. I mean, obviously you have to take some responsibility, but. I just keep going back to him slaughtering that village full of uh, Mm. people. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, but that was both of them. That was both. Yeah. That was wrong. Yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah, it's, it's that fun thing where. You know, a movie takes you on a ride and just goes like, you're really enjoying this, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the twist. <laughs> oh, you, okay, fine. I shouldn't have been enjoying that, but I was, and you're right. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's kind of fun because it's like, it's really is, to me, it's a parody of the opening of um, Predator when the, the characters attack the, the village of mercenaries. Okay. Before they, before they get attacked by the, by the Predator, you know, before they get their comeuppance. For their bad behavior. Right. And before they go off to become governors. <laughs> yes. All governors. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and it's kind of a fun parody of that, you know, where. Okay. It, I didn't take it as that. So that's interesting. Yeah. But it, it's true, though. When you watch, when you watch Predator and you see that scene, you're like, oh, this is cool. Those guys are going in there and they're taking on, taking on these gorillas and blah, blah, blah. And then you watch this movie and you're like, oh, yeah, gr- <laughs> these are gorillas too. They're actually nice people trying to fight like an evil government. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like who knows what the story, backstory is of those gorillas get killed in Predator, you know? So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, that movie makes is more you know kind of a gung ho guns are great kind of thing. Whereas this film is much more kind of like oh look they're all assholes now you now I got to make you like them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be a hard road, but we're gonna get there. Yeah, you know, and that's what kind of what this show is too. Like oh these people are all assholes, so like, why are they assholes? Yeah, and uh, they, and some of them are trying their best and yeah. they're trying to get a little bit better. And I was like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's been uh, James Gunn is very good. Uh, yeah, I really yeah. Like it's him. a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard dance to do mm-hmm. to make the unlikable likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, then you get like your Zack Snyder. You know, it's like this is cool, right? Everyone's likable and cool. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know if they're all that likable. <laughs> There's no vulnerability to them. It's just no. Oh, but look at them. They're brooding and her. And it's like, yeah, but. 
Okay. I know it's a yeah. weird thing in the... His characters are inert, always. When, uh, yeah, there's a scene in, Pace, in Peacemaker. Uh, Pacemaker. He keeps people's hearts beating <laughs> at the right uh, level. Well, it's talented. Um, uh, but where uh, a neighbor is asking, like, you know, uh, it's calling him a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. saying you're not like Batman. Yeah. And then at one point the neighbor goes, yeah, Batman doesn't kill. And I'm like, well, what world are you in now that Batman doesn't kill? <laughs> Something we were talking about at work, and I said... Well, I said, well, obviously, this is not the same universe as as, as uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. But know? it is. Is it? Yeah. How do you know that? Because uh, Suicide Squad is a yeah. sequel to Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide Squad. Is it? Yeah. But it's not. It, but it is because Rick Flagg knows Harley Quinn. They yeah, had yeah, a yeah. Mission, they had a mission. And but it doesn't mean they're the same people. Okay. It's you know what I mean? Like, it's all the same actors. Sure, sure. Is this a parallel universe, though? It's a parallel. Okay. Well, in that parallel universe, <laughs> yes. Batman doesn't kill. Okay, so in that parallel universe, so yeah. so both Suicide Squad. Oh, let's say, or maybe Batman su- has like, the greatest publicity machine behind okay, him in the world. Fair All right, Batman doesn't kill. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Like yeah, when this you watch Harley Quinn has fought that Batman, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with yeah, Batman kills in this. <laughs> but there's a different Harley Quinn in this movie. No. Yeah. You think this Harley Quinn is different than the Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad? Oh yeah, she's totally a different character. How so? How she acts. They're two different characters. She's grown. That's the thing. Like in Suicide Squad, yeah. that was her first time being away from the Joker and having her own agency. Okay. And she grew and she bonded with uh, these other, you know, villains, mis- misfits. <laughs> misfits, let's call them. You know, and, and what have you. And then <laughs> ended up basically saving the world. Yeah. You know, that's kind of an empowering thing. And so, you know... Uh, during that time between then and this movie, she has broken up with the Joker. Yeah. Another bit of empowerment moving forward. And then she, when she sees Rick Flagg, she's happy to see Rick Flagg. And then hears that Rick Flagg was coming to rescue her. Yeah, that's and a great that's scene. A huge, that's a huge that's a great scene. It's like, you're yeah. coming to rescue me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it works as a nice character building thing for her. Yeah. You know? And it's a good character moment for, the, for, for, those, for those characters who are kind of villains. But they decided to rescue one of their own. That's... You know, that's not a villainous thing to do. Yeah. Like what villains would do would be like, well, screw her. She's on her own. We'll go off and do her thing. Whereas they're like, no, we got to rescue her. And yeah, we're going to do it. I yeah. Think- and it will help them later because she'll help in the fight. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they don't know that. They're just, they're just going, it's just a rescue. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, do think they- it doesn't feel like Rick Flagg has any ulterior motives to what he's doing. Do so. you think uh, the bomb is still in her head? Like in, uh, in the Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. Like they never took it out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she's on the screen. Oh, I guess. Oh no, that's just the first team. Then they showed the screen. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah, because we don't get that scene. We only get the scene with um, with uh, what's this the savant? You see him get the uh, bomb yeah, from implanted. John uh, Ostrander, the uh, the comic is, book writer. Is that right? Is that his character? Yeah, he's the guy that puts the bomb in the head. Hey, he's got he's got one line. Yeah, I forget what the one line is. Okay, but yeah, he's got one line, and yeah, he was the kind of he was the guy who kind of brought this version of the Suicide Squad oh, into okay. being. It okay. used to be like an old military comic, and it was like you know, these mm. soldiers are off on suicide missions, <laughs> and then he came up with the idea of let's just take some B and C level villains and yeah, yeah, you know, put them together, and uh, anyone mind if we kill these some of these people? <laughs> All right, and there we go. You can't kill Mongel. <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a fun fun concept. But anyway, that's I get you're right. They, they only show. I assume that everyone would still have it in their heads from the previous mission. So yeah, it feels like a bad idea to me to uh, to to give uh, Harley Quinn a bomb. 
you know, and and keep it in there. Like it feels like <laughs> she's going to figure out how to get that bomb out of there yeah, sometime, yeah. and then uh, someone's going to blow up. So I I take that out if I were you. <laughs> I don't think Amanda Waller has is uh, has. And Amanda the, Waller was a full on villain in the first movie. Like she was just like shooting innocent people who were like mm-hmm. in the control room, yeah, and she's just like she's just a full on monster. This doesn't make any sense to the point where like you know I I didn't really have a problem with the Rick Flag thing, you know, because in uh, the first movie he uh, blows up Slipknot. And, you know, just to prove a point and mm. like kills him. And I'm like, well, you know, how will that guy then? <laughs> you know, he's blowing up people's heads. Yeah, yeah. You know, also, I like the actor who played Slipknot. And I'm like, hey, oh, well, that's fine. Adam Beach. Sure. Let's go with that. I say I like him, but I, I don't know his name. I feel bad about that. Okay. He was in a CBC show, like Yukon Air or something. Yeah, like that. North. He was in, he was in North of, he was in, yeah, like Yukon Air. He was in, <laughs> Oh, he's in so many things. He was in uh, Wind Talkers. He's in John everything. Woo, John, I think it's called that. The John Woo film about the sure the Navajo language used as I a think code he was language. In Mr. Dress Up. I think he's in everything that uh, CBC <laughs> ever did. This was a big, big deal movie, though. Yes. The John Woo one. Oh, pretty big, big deal. Pretty big. I'm not saying it was the biggest deal. I'm pretty not big. saying it wasn't the biggest deal. It was, you know, it was bigger than Broken Arrow. Bigger deal than Broken Arrow. Dave? I'm going to pick a celebrity out of this box. Okay. We're going to go back and forth naming movies that they've done. <laughs> okay. Until one of us can't do it anymore. Okay, uh-oh. And in this way, I'll learn if my ear infection has affected my brain. <laughs> sure. Okay. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Uh, Strange Days. Okay. Uh, Angela Bassett. Uh, Green Lantern. Okay. Mission Impossible Fallout. And you win. <laughs> Don't forget Tina Turner. In the Tina what's, Turner movie, what's love got to what's, do with what's it? Love got to do with it, and uh, then the rest I can just think of as television things because she's in uh, that Reno nine one one thing. Mm. Uh, not Reno nine one one. She says in nine one one. Reno nine one one is a comedy. Okay, see one more time. We've got oh, we're we're back at one of our old friends, Winona Ryder. <laughs> Winona Ryder, okay. Winona Ryder, okay. You want to start? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Of course, I want to start with Winona Ryder. Sure. Yeah. Or I can I wanna, start if you want. I, I want to start. I'll start right, right now. Here we go. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, you son of a bitch. Okay, Edward Scissorhands. I'm trying to think of the uh, movie with her and Ben Affleck and Ethan Hawke and Janine Garofalo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm. and. Okay, it's uh, Reality Bites. Reality Bites. That's the one I'm thinking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, friend. Damn it. That was so close to me uh, thinking of that one. Uh, did she do one with uh Christian Slater? Did she do a movie with Christian Slater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sure did. I have it in my head, but okay. Why don't you tell it to me, Heather's? Fuck. <laughs> okay, you've won two rounds. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, you know yeah. what? When it was weird that you didn't get was Black Panther with Angela Bassett. Oh, she play, played the and mother. Black Panther too. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm. Damn, when you go down that road. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try one more. Sure. Yeah, I'm blaming the uh, ear infection. Okay, you do that. And Angela Bassett. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Well, not again. I picked I picked her right back out again. <laughs> you must like her. Uh, Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther 2. She's a good actress and a very beautiful woman. All right, here we go. Who is yeah, it? Can't pronounce her name. Uh, oh, okay. And, and here we go. Oh, we had that one last time. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> this one. This All one. Right, this one for go sure. to town. Here we go. All the marbles. Ready? Yep. Uh, Catherine Keener. Okay. I guess I'll start with uh, being John Malkovich. Nice. You win. <laughs> 40-year-old virgin. I'm done. Uh, get Out. Wow. 
She's been in a lot of. She's been in a lot of movies. Okay, I need one redemption. <laughs> one redemption. Here we go. Here it comes. Okay. Okay. This is ah. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Who is it? Thank <laughs> you. All right. Robert Downey Jr. Oh my gosh. Well, my favorite film that he's in is uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Uh, less than zero. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, the pickup artist. Okay. Now we're just going to go down this list real fast. Uh, Iron Man. Okay, Iron Man two. Iron Man three. Um, how about I say the singing detective? Oh, that's a that's a TV show. No, it was a movie. Oh, it was a movie. You're that's absolutely right. They made right. a movie ad- adaptation of the TV show. You're right. The it's TV show featured that actor Michael Gambon, who played Dumbledore in this the second Dumbledore. Right. I'm now I'm now going through uh, my head of uh, all the John Hughes movies, so I don't just do. Uh, I'm just going to go Iron Man three. Iron Man three. Yeah. Okay. You already said Iron Man 3. All right, then let's go Avengers. Okay. I guess I'll go Avengers, uh, uh, the Age of Ultron. Okay, well, uh, how about Avengers uh, uh, Endgame? How about Avengers, when before that? How about Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, Avengers Infinity War. Okay. (laughs) How about Spider-Man Far From Home? Oh, nice. How about Chaplin? Oh, Chaplin is a good one. (laughs) Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you magnificent son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think like I'm going through. Oh, the pickup artist. I said that one. Did you? Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no one likes that one. Um, That's not bad. Oh, I'm trying to think of the one that he did where he was uh, the creep with the two girls and he was playing piano a lot. Oh, I'm trying to remember what that oh, one was. But boy, yeah, that one. I don't know. That, I don't know that, that one I, That one made me go like, ugh, don't like this guy. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, then I'm gonna just be a dick and just mm-hmm. go the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk? Yeah. He's, With in, Lou he's in the, yeah, no. The, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, in the, uh, bonus scene. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go A Scanner Darkly. Oh. Maybe that's, maybe I like that movie better than, than, oh, uh, interesting. Than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I love that movie. Richard Linklater animated film. Yeah. But he, uh, okay. but he acts in it. Like, it's just them, you know. It's a weird thing where they act and then they animated their, sure. their acting. Sherlock so. Holmes. Nice. Well, uh, my favorite one then, uh, Game of Shadows. Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. Well, then I got to say Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> I had that one in my, my back pocket too. Oh my God, you might, you might win this if I can't come up with the fact that he was also in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Is that what it's called, the first one? Was he? Yeah. He's when he goes in the suit and he's making time with uh, Aunt, Aunt May. No. The first one. The first one. No. He's in it. No, I don't think he is. Yeah, because Spider-Man gets, Peter Parker gets that suit that he's, he gets the fancy suit that he's He does to get use. the fancy suit, but he doesn't get the fancy suit in the Spider-Man movie. Yes, he does, because, no, you know, what, his suit he's wearing when he goes to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Oh, okay, but wait a second. That's that's the suit he gets from, he's in the limousine with uh, with Robert Downey Jr., with, with Tony Stark in the movie. Oh, he does the hug. And then they, they he meet. He does the hug. They that's... meet after the ferry disaster as well. Okay, all right. Sorry. I thought you were talking about when he gets the suit in, and I'll go with this movie then, uh, Captain America um, uh, Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's when he gets the suit suit. That's right? when he gets but, the Okay, the... but he is in the first one. You're correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. But it's still back to me now. It's yeah, so I'm going to go with, uh, oh, what is it called? Sorry. It's the Robert Altman film, the anthology movie. With Lily Tomlin and Tom Waits and mm. Tim Robbins and... Shortcuts. Shortcuts, yes. Yeah, yeah. Shortcuts is a good one. He's really good in that film as well as a psychopathic creep. 
Right. I think that's the end of that. <laughs> well done. Nice. Nice game. Right. That was fun. Put that away. <laughs> Ugh, that was worrying me about my brain for a while. Like Catherine Keener. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, sometimes you don't... Well, she's one of those actresses who kind of disappear into the roles quite often. And, right. You know, it's different. You know, when she was younger and acting in films, you know, she did a lot of independent stuff. Like, I remember her being... I'm sure she's in... Oh, what's that movie called? Something Oblivion? Oh, uh, Living in Oblivion? Yeah, the one with, with the director. With Steve Buscemi and uh, Peter Dinklage? Yeah. Is it Peter Dinklage? Peter, Peter Dinklage, uh, yeah, is uh, is in it, yeah. There's one where, like... He's, he's the one who does the big speech about just, like, have you ever dreamt about a dwarf? Okay. Yeah. No one dreams about dwarves. You know, and he's upset about being a dwarf <laughs> in a dream. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. It has, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he he's basically an, an analog for, for Brad, Brad Pitt, who the director had directed a film before, and it was just a nightmare experience with this flaky guy who was obviously knew he was going to be a star and was already like, had already, you know, it was already an escape velocity out of independent films, but was in the movie anyway. It was like Johnny Swade or some kind of name like that. Okay. And, uh, and the, yeah. Anyway. That just made movie. me think for a second because it goes Steve Buscemi and how there was this uh, push for Steve Buscemi for a while there. Uh, tape Heads. Remember Tape Heads? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tape Heads is one of those movies that were like, I could describe the poster for you. Yeah. I could describe probably a trailer for you. Yeah. I could not tell you what happens in the movie at all. Like they break into uh, something and they break and into a radio to, station and, and hold a hostage because they want to get their music played. Okay. And it was directed by the same director who directed Heathers and Hudson Hawk. And it was supposed to be his, his, uh, um, his moment of uh, recovery from from like his his uh, whatever you call that redemption from from the disaster of Hudson Hawk, which I don't know why because Hudson Hawk is a great movie. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and why it was a disaster has nothing to do with with his direction or anything. It just has to do with a terrible promotional campaign that was the most smug, condescending promotional campaign of all time that everyone just went ugh. There was a weird period of time where by uh, tape heads. Also, uh, was it Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser and, and, yeah. uh, and Adam Sandler, right? I don't think Adam Sandler's in it. Adam Sandler isn't the third. Who's the third tape head? I don't remember, but I it might be Adam Sandler. I just don't remember being Adam I think Sandler. It, I okay, think it is. Oh wow! Uh, and I like that movie. I don't usually like Adam Sandler. Yeah. In fact, there's not a movie he's in that I like. Oh, wow. except for uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, very good. Thank you. I was, I was a little worried. <laughs> there for, uh, that movie has some great, great performances. You didn't like Punch Drunk Love or no? I didn't like it at all. All right. I haven't seen Uncut Gems, so I can't, I can't judge that one. That might be good. Okay. I really like. I like the Safdie brothers. Let's see. Tape tape heads. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, wait, no. Tape heads isn't the right right movie. Because uh, what, 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 tape heads is the film with uh, John Cusack and Tim Robbins. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. What, am, what am I thinking of? Uh, it's uh, Air something. No, I think it still had the same. Look up the director. What is his name? Michael? No, Michael Lehman. Was that his name? Or look up Steve Buscemi, I guess. And I'll tell you what it's Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to look up Hudson Hawk, and that'll take me to Michael... Uh, Layman, yeah. which takes me to Truth About Cats and Dogs. Uh, air, airheads. Airheads, okay. Not yeah. tape heads. Yeah, sorry. And Airheads is indeed uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, wow. Also, oh, early role. Chris Farley, Ernie Hudson, Michael McKean, Judd hmm. Nelson, Michael Richards, Joe Montagna. It's a pretty good cast right there. Unfortunately, that movie did not do well. But you know what? It did well for a movie that should have been an independent film and not... And not that movie. Like the problem for, I think for Lehman was that, or Lehman was, he did a movie like Heather's, which was like a indie film. Right. That became an overground success. And then everyone was like, 
everyone's like, oh, this guy is the next big thing. And so he gets thrown into directing Bruce Willis, having to work with with the producer of that film, Joel Silver, who's a maniac. And, you know, in a movie that should have just been like a light, kind of frothy bit of fun, became very, became kind of a, a fight to the death for him because mm. his vision and their visions didn't match. So that probably wasn't very pleasant. But yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to an interview with uh, Paul Schrader, the director, writer-director Paul Schrader. Um, it was an interview with him about The Card Counter, which, by the way, is a very good film, everyone. I've already... I've already. I would uh, like said, to see that. Yes. So much I like it, but it's it's very it's a very good film. As is his uh, film before that, First Reformed, which is on Tubi right now for free. Everybody, mm. so you can go to Tubi and watch First Reformed. I know there's a couple of little ads in it, but you know what? That's fine. Just look at your phone, and then when the movie comes back on, put your phone down. <laughs> and what I think is interesting about both this film, this is just a total aside, is that is that one of the kind of main characters in in First Reformed is Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, okay. Working under his actual name. Oh, what is it? I don't know. I can't remember Very now. Good. I can't. Sorry, I can't remember what his real name is. Okay. But it, it is like when I was looking at the credits, I was rewatching it with Lisa a little while ago, and uh, I, I'm gonna guess. Oh no, I don't want to guess. Anyway, so then, but in um, in uh, the card counter, Cedric uh, Antonio Kyles. There you go. And in um. In the card counter, it's Tiffany Haddish is plays a dramatic role in that film. I just kind of think it's interesting that he hires comedians because Richard Pryor, of course, was in Blue Collar, famously a film that with um, Harvey Keitel, I think Yafet Kodo and Richard Pryor, and apparently none of them got along with each other because in order to get them in the film, Paul Schrader told each of them that they were the star of the movie, and so they're constantly like fighting with each other and comp- competing, you know, thinking there should be the, there should be more stuff with them. Sure. Uh, he's very manipulative, it sounds like, in the interview, like how he gets the actress to do what he wants. There's a lot of like, he was talking about the fact that they had to shut down the card counter uh, because of COVID. Okay. So they were down for about six months. They only had five days left to shoot, of shooting time, but they were closed down. And so when when um, uh, Isaac, no, not Isaac. Um, Am I being loud enough, by the way, with this fact? Yeah, you're, <laughs> it's okay. You're just adding some fun as I'm trying to think of the name of the, the actor who play? Who's uh, he plays uh, Poe? Whatever his name is, Poe. Whatever in the Star Wars movies. Okay, Poe Dameron. Yeah, Poe Dameron. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar. Why did I want to put Isaac as his first name? Oscar Isaac. That's right. So I guess when he came back for the shoot, he had grown his big beard for another role. Mm. And Paul Schrader's like, you know, Oscar. There's a lot of films that have been not been made. There's a lot of famous films that were could have been made. They just, but they faltered it near the finish line, and they never. They're those what? A, they they're those woulda coulda been movies. Do you really want this to be a woulda coulda been movie because you wouldn't shave your beard? <laughs> so anyway, um, but he was saying that when he like you know he worked in a different time in film. He says you know when you worked in the when I used to do films, you made films for people who loved movies, and their whole goal was for you to make a great movie. Okay. You know, they wanted to make money, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But when, they also... When, when was this? What era was this? You know, 70s? well, he wrote Taxi Driver. Okay, but we're he, talking 70s. Yeah, so 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he did Cat People, Light Sleeper. Sure. You know, he's done a lot of great movies. And and uh, but he says nowadays, most people who who put money into movies, they don't care about movies. It's just purely a, a financial transaction. Many of them don't even like movies. They don't, they don't even want to watch the movie you made. They're not even interested in it. He said, and in the past, I didn't have to worry about getting final cut because you work with people who wanted a good movie. And so they were willing to, 
you know, to let, give you some head to make the best movie you could. And if you had to do reshoots, you could do that. You know, we could make the best movie. This is the, you know, nowadays that's not what it's about. You know, I've got a, I have a set budget. I guess three and a half million is what he gets to make a movie. But he said, I'm, I do it as an absolutely bare minimum film. I had 20 day shoot. I only shoot what's going to be on the screen. There's nothing on the cutting room floor. There's nothing left that they could change. I have my final cut in the mo- in in the footage, not in the not you know I can't because I can't I have no control over it in the editing room, so I have to make sure that when it goes to editing, they can only use what I want them to use. I thought that was interesting. Just bear just how much he's got it down. Yeah, yeah. And first reform as well, three and a half million dollars to make that film, twenty day shoot. Yeah, it feels like feels like that's someone who's uh, seen a lot of bad stuff go down, and it's like, okay, this time mm-hmm. I'm going to correct this mistake. Sure, this yeah, mistake. yeah. Groundhog Day in it <laughs> until you get you end up with the perfect day. But do you ever end up with the perfect day? Well, I've not seen it, but he made a movie. I think it's called The Canyons, and it starred. Uh, gee whiz, boy, you! I must have some ear damage too because I can't. <laughs> It's uh, it started um, what's the name of that actress who was in like Mean Girls and was f- f- briefly famous but kind of went off the rails. Uh, 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 begins with an L. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, I want to say Lyle Lamley, and that's not right. <laughs> it's not Lyle Lamley. Leona Liamalam. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, the So, so he had she to hide. Was in uh, the Parent Trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Lori no. Lemur. You know the woman who uh, <laughs> yes. dated uh, Laura Lemur. Le- dated Superman for yeah, a yeah. while there. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Thank you. Who did date Superman? I'm sure she was also period. in. Uh, she was also in and and Her- Herbie the Love Bug. Right. Anyway, which uh, yeah, Tom Lennon uh, and and Ben uh, Grant walked walked out as writers because they wanted to make uh, Herbie smile, and he went, "He can't smile. He's, He's a, a car. car. He's a car." He can do a lot of things, but he can't smile. <laughs> Why do they want to smile so badly? That's weird. Hmm. Did they? they it was a big deal did they walk back on smile. the next day and pretend they hadn't left? No, no. They uh, they 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 took their stand and, mm. uh, oh, okay. and took some money too. I admirable, think, admirable. Yeah, admirable. I guess. Yeah. Admirable. But then come uh, Oscar season when it won all the awards. Who was <laughs> who was laughing then? Herbie, Herbie fully loaded. Yeah. Anyway, so he had to hire Lindsay Lohan. Now this is the damaged Lindsay Lohan, not the. You know, star star of uh, Disney movies, Lindsay Lohan, and so that was an issue. So she went into it knowing there would be nudity. Okay. And then on someone's on someone's advice, he hired a porn actor to play opposite her. This guy named James Dean, who's a D double E N. Okay. I think he's British. He's a porn actor. You know, he's very good at screwing women on on film. Right. What a what an odd choice to keep that name. Like I know, or choose that spell name. differently, or choose that name, or, cha- or, or ch- yeah, it's uh, usually weirder to choose that name. Why do you say that? I mean, you're working in an industry where no one cares. Okay, you know, like no one cares about your name. You know, it's just can you screw someone for twenty minutes? That's what we need. Okay, you know. Uh, so anyway, so he hired him for the film, and I've heard he was did an okay job. He was fine, but the real problem was Lindsay Lohan, who like totally wanted to change everything about her part. Didn't want to do nudity, you know, and just to put all these put all these roadblocks in him. And apparently, on the set, Paul Schrader undressed completely and was naked, saying, "Anyone can do this, Lindsay. Anyone can be naked. It's easy to be naked." Like uh-huh. this, you know. Right. Yeah, she's just like. Did that help? Was that a good? No, idea? it was a real nightmare. But no, he had he had kickstarted it as well. That's how he raised money for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a pleasant experience for him. And I think that's. I think he's. Uh, 
I think he prefers working with investors and just keep it simple. You know, you got a distribution do- deal. You know that as soon as it walks out, of, you know, at three and a half million, once it walks out the door, it's going to make its money back. Right. You know, you're going to end up in 2B. You're going to get some money. Has Lindsay Lohan had her, uh, you know, uh, not maybe she even needs it, but her redemption moment yet? Where, like, no. Because you know, it feels like that's got to happen. That's Eventually, but going to. I don't even know if he's involved in films now. It seems like she's... She was last time I heard her. She was living in Turkey. Okay, like the you know, like a girlfriend to various people, like not even like a very nice sounding life. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean it's you know the 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 child star life is a is a rough life. Mm-hmm. You know damages that, a lot that of people. messes up uh, your perspective in a way that I don't know if you can. I can't think of too many too many child actors who really come out of it well. You go uh, you go Ron Howard. And then Ron Howard would be one, and I think because he came from an but acting even family, then, like he changed. Yeah, but even then, like I feel like Ron Howard, like his movies never feel real mm. because I don't think he's a real person because he's oh, never. That's an interesting. He's idea, never lived yeah. a real life. You know, he's always just lived a they're Hollywood. They're just good movie movies. Yeah, they're yeah, they're very well made, but they're never they never feel like exciting or true. They just they just very they just, they tick along. Hmm. They tick along. Even his movie Grand Theft Auto. His first film, which was done for American International, like done for Roger Corman. Right. It's like kind of, it's okay. You know, it's like supposed to be like a crazy mayhem movie. And it's okay. You know, it doesn't, this doesn't feel like brash and vibrant enough, you know. And that's nothing against him. Like, I, he's an interesting director and, it, you know, he chooses interesting, good projects. And it's one of those directors that you someone will go, oh, he directed that. And you go, Ron Howard directed that? You know what I mean? It's just one of those directors, you know, like, Ron Howard directed Cocoon. Ron Howard directed Cocoon. Ron Howard directed Willow. Ron Howard directed Willow. It is a it's yeah. Weird stuff, like. I mean, they're technically fine. You know, yeah. they they hit the notes. They do the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's aware of what he's doing. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. The idea that you know he didn't really have a real childhood, and yeah. so he's able to do the movie version of things in his movies. That's interesting. It just reminds me of you know uh, Alan Moore's uh, critique of uh, Frank Miller and saying why. His movies make uh, why his comics make good movies is because he uh, lifts from movies yeah. for his comics. Yeah, so yeah. it's just going right back to what it was originally. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. He like you know like yeah all those Sin City they're just so all hard boiled movies. You know what's what's interesting about them is the same thing that's interesting about those films isn't their stories, but what when you are most interested in those movies there's a film called Visions of Light which is a movie about cinematography. And one of the most interesting parts of it is when they go through like a bunch of film noir films and you're just seeing like clips from those movies and you're just like, man, these movies are beautiful, like just beautifully shot and this, imp- this beautiful like sh- light and shadow and just the use of, you know, black and white and the chiaroscuro and all that kind of stuff. It's just amazing. And then you watch the film and you're like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> this is so dumb and boring. This is like a dumb, you know, like predictable, you know, kind of cynical city you know, hard, hard city life, you know, tough cops or tough gangsters and tough dames and everyone's <laughs> tough and it's always inevitably bad. Everything ends badly. And you're like, oh, this is okay. But you're like, you're watching it like, how come, like when I saw the big combo in Visions of Light, it looked so great. And now I'm watching it in the movie. I'm kind of, that's eh, fine. <laughs> it's kind of interesting like that. You know, it's just, yeah, it's all about, and I feel the same way about Frank Miller. I mean, Sin City as a movie is, is I think it's a very good film, but I would say that's Robert Rodriguez and not... And not Frank Miller. Like. Did you see the uh, the second one? I didn't, I did. I didn't think it was as good though. Yeah, because you know it's a second donut. The second donut is not as good as the first donut. Okay. The first donut is great. You're like, oh, it's the best donut I ever ate in my life. I'm gonna have another donut. Blah. 
<laughs> it's fine, but it's not. It's good. Okay. Because you've already had a donut. So what's, what's okay about a second donut? Nothing. So what should you have then? Like a cup of coffee? What should you have? What's the second thing you should have? Well, I don't like coffee. so. Okay. I'm just trying to think. What's the... Uh, milk. Glass of milk? I'll have a glass of milk with a donut. Right. Yeah. That's good. Nice, super cold glass of milk. Is what you're saying? I just think that, yeah. I just think you know, once you've, once you've seen, once you've had the donut, like the second donut, you're not going like, whoa, this movie's great. It's they did, you know, it's with uh, black and white with some spot colors. It's fantastic. Oh, the the actors have all been like CGI enhanced. This is really cool. You thought that the first time you watched it. The second time you're like, "Eh, yeah, that's fine. Eva Green looks great, but is it her? No, it's an animated version of her. So, you know, of course she looks great. Those prostitutes with a heart of gold, heart of gold. Yeah, look uh, fine. They look great. Yeah, and they're all ninjas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Feels like there's more money in ninjing than prostitutes. And maybe, but, uh, but fair enough. Maybe that's the other. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's the other problem with it. Like the best stories are in the first movie. Mm. And you get to the second film, you're kind of like these are the not quite as good stories. These are the ones that couldn't make it to the first film. Yeah. Because the first film does have some great stories in it, like the whole, like the that character Kevin or whatever that played by. Um, I want to say it's it's uh, uh, the guy from uh, Ethan. Sorry, not Ethan, but the guy the guy from it, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Well, like, I, wa- I want to say Ethan Hunt, and that's completely wrong. Yeah, Ethan Hunt, the guy from Mission Impossible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we know what I we got. Mean. I got a ringing in my ears right now, buddy. <laughs> we know what we mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really fun. And then there's that whole sequence with like the yellow, that yellow kind of like weird bastard. demon looking. Yeah. yeah, the yellow bastard. Yeah, that's a great story. You know, like Bruce Willis is really good. It's like one of his last good performances in that film. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks really great, and the stories are good. Then you get a second one, you're like, mm, what's going on? There's, these stories are boring. <laughs> it's not as not as interesting. Yeah, it was something that was uh, was unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then yeah, because yeah. you tried you tried it in the spirit, did not work. I did not see that. I did not see the movie, but I've. One day you might. <laughs> well, maybe if it's on Tubi. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I tried to watch and on Tubi? And then you'll go like more commercials, please. More delicious commercials. <laughs> you know what I tried to watch on Tubi the other day? Well, two two different movies. No, I don't. One one is I've never seen before, but I know a lot of people like it. Okay. Which is Spaceballs. Oh, I strongly dislike Spaceballs. It's not not good at all. Uh, there were two jokes in Spaceballs I liked. Okay. Uh, one was uh, the uh, um, uh, they catch they they catch the stunt doubles. That's a pretty good joke. Okay, I don't like remember that. that. Well, we got their stunt doubles. I didn't get that far. And the second joke, I can't remember anymore. Okay. Right, uh, there two jokes there, I mean, I I, pro- I think I laughed at one one of the jokes in the movie, but it's not good. It's not it's not good. It okay. Here's my here's the problems. It doesn't look good. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It looks like a TV show. That has nice special. Later, it became a TV show. Some nice special effects. The performances are awful. Like Bill Pullman, who is usually a pretty reliable actor, mm-hmm. is terrible. And I don't, I don't think it's him. I think he's just been directed to act that way, which is just too much. Don't mm-hmm. take it down, take it down. But I think, I think the movie, I think Mel Brooks made the mistake that I think many people make about Star Wars, which is that it's a movie for kids. When it's not, it's not a movie made for kids. It's a movie that kids like. But it's a movie that's very adult in its humor, you know, and and its situations. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, there's a certain innocence to it, but it's not childish. But Spaceballs is totally aimed at children. And I think what all happened, the jokes are about crotch, you know, getting hit in the crotch, yeah. and you know, like everything about and it. I think is, I think people that saw it when they were kids love it. 
Mm-hmm. Like love it. Like, yeah, yeah, they, there's yeah. A, there's a bonding with that film that's like shocking to me that people like yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But like I I remember watching it with a friend and we did we saw the two jokes that we went like hmm? mm-hmm. uh, those were all right <laughs> yeah. and the rest were just like oh my god like yeah. I remember just there was one where like they're going across a desert and one's like water water and then the uh, Joan Rivers uh, C3PO character yeah oil oil <laughs> like oh, oh my god i know there's so many like that they're just so lame and, and you're like do you know you're mel brooks yeah like yeah. it's that it's that weird uh dracula dead and loving it uh mel brooks that you're just like oh everything is over the top everything's got to be crazy over the top and yeah, yeah. i love all the people in it you know i really like joan rivers i really like rick moranis yeah, I like yeah. bill pullman i yeah. like john candy yeah there's no reason I, I like mel brooks there's no reason i wouldn't like this movie yeah Oh boy, this is rough. <laughs> yeah, you know, and something that started to go off the rails, I think, with high anxiety. There's like, yeah. there's like, there's a, there's a something that happens, mm-hmm. and where it's, it's just like two, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like no, you need to pull it back pull a bit. Back. You need, you need your cleave on little. You need your cool guy in the center of the film. You need your underplayers, like, like. um <laughs> What is it with us today? Both of us with our names. You need you need your your <laughs> Dave. I've got an infection. There is no excuse. No, uh, fifty five. By the way, right almost fifty six. Right now, I've got like yeah, I've got a pretty good ringing in my ears going on. <laughs> so uh, that's a, that's a bit distracting. Uh, but, but you uh, know but, the guy who played Willy Wonka anyway. But who Gene Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder, who so underplays in, in Blazing Saddles. Yes, so underplays his role in such a great way. You know, and same with the same with I think it's Cleavon Little who plays the sheriff. Sounds about right. A part that was supposed to go to Richard Pryor, but I think it's probably better be played by Cleavon Little, who plays it a little cooler yeah. than Richard Pryor would have. Richard Pryor would have kind of been a dorky. We've, we've seen what happens when Gene Wilder and uh, Richard Pryor get together, and it's fine, <laughs> it's but okay. it's not necessarily that. Yeah, and what that movie is it gives you like some real coolness in those two characters. Yeah. So all the crazy stuff that's going on around them, you know, like Madeline Kahn's impersonation of marlena dietrich and you're like i've never seen i never saw the movie that nope. she's par- don't parodying know what doing, but it doesn't matter but it's fun it's fun it's fine because yeah. you've got these two guys to play off of also i think we grew up with you know you're you don't get the reference but who cares yeah you yeah. know you grow up with looney tunes you grow <laughs> up with like all these other shows yeah and it's like i don't know what this is about yeah yeah you know but uh, i you know uh i don't know what the really i don't i don't know what that what that joke is it's like you know it's betty <laughs> davis okay fine yeah, who's yeah. betty davis it doesn't matter do you <laughs> she like has the eyes. joke it's fine yeah she had apparently she had a pair of eyes yeah um yeah, it's Destry Rides Again, which was Jimmy Stewart and Marlena Dietrich. A movie they apparently had a torrid affair making. Oh. Uh, and she, I would see a movie called A Torrid Affair. And of course, she was she was German, and so she plays a she plays a, a saloon singer who's German, which is just kind of weird in the movie. But once upon a time in America, there was a huge German population, so it's it's okay. Uh, but it's it's fun as Madeleine Kahn doing it in, in Blazing Saddles. And Young Frankenstein is another example of a film where everyone is underplaying sure. their parts. There are some wacky parts Except to it. Except possibly uh, Marty... Uh, Marty Feldman is doing an Igor, and that's fine, because that role is big. It's yeah, a big role. Yeah, and you can't really tone down Marty Feldman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He can't, he can't <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, undersell yeah. it. Yeah, and that's fine, because you have everyone else around him. They have, once again, Gene Wilder's in that film, who's doing a very s- small thing, you know, which makes him so great, you know, his part in... His, his little part in, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is. Something about sex. and Yeah, things. everything you ever <laughs> no, want to know about sex, sex we're afraid to <laughs> Where he's having sex with a sheep, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a great, it's just a great role. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, I can't... Is that I, the only time he ever worked with uh, mm-hmm, Woody Allen? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's a perfect, perfect... 
hard yeah. for him. Like I can't imagine that Woody Allen could have cast anyone else to do that because mm-hmm. he's this great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, anyway, but yeah, well, Spaceballs is not, not a good movie, everyone. And I, I have to admit, I, but if you liked it as a I kid, a, I get why you liked yeah, it as a kid. That's right. I mean, if, yeah, if you, if you're a VHR kid, if, if you're a VCR kid who grew up with that tape, you know, at your grandma's or whatever, and you watched all the time, I understand. Like sure. my daughters love Titanic. I do not like that movie. I think it's a terrible film. They love it because it was at grand, at their grannies and they and their cousins watched it all the time. Why they watched a movie? <laughs> With a woman, you know, modeling for someone else. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I don't know. It's, why my why my mother in law had that in the house for for the kids to watch. It's, it's a weird film to choose. But it's anyway, romantic in a she, way. They loved it. Old-timey. They love that movie. It means a lot to them, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine. I saw it in a theater we for the old people. We're going to America. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You guys, ever heard of foreshadowing? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's a, it's a movie it's called a, movie. a Good Day to Be a Fish. <laughs> Oh, I wish we were eating something different. Hey, pretty good. <laughs> I, remember re- I remember reading about that movie being made uh, in a film magazine, like Empire Magazine, or one of those kind of magazines. Yeah. And it's thinking like, wow, it sounds kind of sounds kind of interesting. But because what did you do before that? True Lies, right? So you're like, you're like, well, his movies seem to get better and better. So maybe, yeah, here maybe we go. This will be great. And you go to the theater and you watch, watch, and you're like, mm, okay. Here's what I would do if I was uh, making Warner Brothers uh, cartoons at the time, like Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would do a parody of uh, Titanic. Yeah. And the boat's going down, right? Yeah. And at one point, the the, the boat uh, turns to the camera and goes, uh, ain't I a sinker? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a good laugh and uh, doesn't remember the, all the deaths. Sure. <laughs> That's right. The little baby in the water turns to the camera and goes, cold, isn't it? <laughs> and then a fish shoots himself in the head. I'm like, what? What's that about? I don't know. It's the kind of thing we would do. And occasionally it would be Peter Laurie. What? You know, because he played the child murderer. What? What's happening here? That all these jokes came together. I used to uh, walk to work past uh, Titanic's uh, uh, graves. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. Because you were in the Maritimes. I was in the Maritimes. I was in Halifax, and in in uh, the cemetery, I would walk through to get to work. Mm. Uh, there would be some graves from uh, yeah. people who uh, perished in the Titanic, and you'd kind of go, "Ah, well, that's perspective." <laughs> Guess you can't complain about the cold, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And I'd look over and see 22 minutes shooting, and I'm like, "Eh," and I'd walk the long way around. <laughs> Didn't want to have to talk to people. <laughs> They're always, they're always shooting near the they're cemetery. They're doing the rambling uh, older women. And you want to just like kind of go like, uh, now, like, how old were you playing then? And mm. how old are you now? Ooh. Ah, that's what you thought it would be like, huh? <laughs> ah, funny. <laughs> funny. Uh, it bites us on the ass, eh? Hey? Yeah. It's more kind of interesting that people were older before. Like, people seemed like old. Like, old people were old? Yeah. yeah. Old, and, and I don't mean like that we're not old. But I just mean that we look younger than people who were our age looked when they were, our, you know, in the past. I think, anyway. I could be wrong. Maybe. That's maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overselling us, us. Maybe, maybe you are. I mean, I look at like William Shatner. Yeah. And uh, I was going like, let me get that. Make sure I'm getting that age right. He's ninety. Hmm. You know. And you think like uh, there's there were how, how old is this corset? Ah, uh, as old as it needs to be. <laughs> Or girdle, I guess. Sure, it was a girdle. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was a uh, yeah. It, yeah. it was one of the first ones. It was girdle. It was <laughs> back in the day, it was a solid steel. Um, 
But yeah. like in 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 the Star Wars TV show, yeah. there were episodes where he was old, mm. and it was like, "This is what he'll look like old." Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, nope. no, we know what he looks like old. He looks like he this. dyes his hair. Like, and could you just imagine if just like now yeah. here's the older version of you? Hey, how's it going? What's going on? <laughs> just like that big Winnie the Pooh guy. I'm like, what? That's that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually kind of more heartening that that's being yeah. reality then rather than some old old person bent over yeah they never i don't think they ever get it right if you ever have like any tv show or movie or then they show the person like you know really old and Mm -hmm. then that actor lives to that age and beyond and you're like not even close not even close yeah (laughs) that's very we can't get we can't get that right um the other film i watched a bit of was uh foxy brown oh okay how's that hold up pam greer film (laughs) how does that film hold up well, not well. Okay. Uh, sartorial, sartorially speaking, man, the clothes are awful. Then the guys' clothes, women's clothes are fine because right. mostly wearing dresses, and dresses are kind of forever, you know. Plus, she's wearing one that has like a boob window, so you're like, I, I'm digging this dress. It's good. It's weird when I watch movies, yeah, from the early '70s, and just go, so just brown, right? Like just <laughs> brown and beige. No. And we decided that was it. Like that was that was it. It was just like everything will be brown and beige. Yeah. The end. Well, you say that, but um, I do and did. Antonio Vargas is in is in the movie, okay. better known as Huggy Bear, and he's wearing like these white and blue plaid slacks with a shirt that's made of I don't know some sort of oil byproduct, I don't know rayon or something, and it's this has got like the most garish orange and red and whatever hues, like kind of like a sunset shape or something. I don't know exactly what it's doing. Okay. But it's a weird gradation sort of a shirt. And you're just like, those don't go together <laughs> ever. But I guess you're wearing them. That's fine. Yeah. It just felt like colors didn't matter then. Just put them together. Then maybe, fine. Maybe orange, that's why. Orange and green? Oh, yes. Maybe that's why they, they came out with Garanimals. We just needed that kind of basic thing. <laughs> just, to, just to help help us along? Yeah. And for those yeah. of you that are too young to remember, Garanimals, the idea was they would, uh, it was kids' clothes. But it was like, say, uh, these are all the giraffe tops. Yeah. And uh, they label them as giraffe tops. And, like, they would match all the giraffe bottoms. Yeah. So don't put a, don't use your, your uh, horse top with your giraffe bottom. Yeah. Because those will clash. But, like, you know, for parents that want their kids to, like, wear clothes that make sense. You know, I was like, ah, wh- wh- where are these clothes for me, you know, as an adult? <laughs> yeah. Just let me know what goes with this and goes with that instead of, like, just having to ask my wife and go, huh? And she's like, no. I'm like, all right. I guess you're right. Um, it does have some good, like, movies of that time period, like, like you know, black movies, like Humiliating a, a White Man. Okay. It's a very popular movie in those sort of films. It does, you know, it has all the... Things that you love. Well, what's Foxy Brown about? Foxy Brown is about um, Pam Greer as Foxy Brown. Okay. And she is involved in in uh, the kind of like fighting the fighting the, the drugs. Fighting the drugs coming in. She's into anti-drugs. The, she's anti-drugs, yeah. Okay. She's fighting the, the drugs coming into the na- neighborhood. Okay. You know. And of course, the people selling the drugs are, are the top people are white, which okay. is probably what was happening probably, for sure yeah. anyway. And then in the movie, uh, Antonio Vargas is her brother, but he's a drug dealer. Mm. And he, uh, he, he thinks on her boyfriend who's in, uh, involved in like, oh. uh, and he gets shot. I don't know if he gets killed. I can't remember that part of it. Okay. <laughs> it happened, you know, anyway, I was watching it, but I was also doing something else. So, um, but, uh, it was, uh, he gets shot. Now she kind of 
she forgives him, I guess, but she does go there and shoot his ear. So like, like literally just shoots his ear off? Yeah, like shoots his ear. So he has a bandage on his ear later on when he's seen oh, him. Okay. So he, she hit his low person. Gave him, he pierced, she pierced his ear for him. And, but yeah, so then she has to go undercover as a prostitute to get into this uh, drug ring. Okay. So does she actually do some sexing? No, because that's when she humiliates the, the white guy. Ah. Okay. Says, well, I'd, I'd love to service you, but I can't even see anything. Boom, boom, man, yeah. You know, so they humiliate the guy, then send him out into the hallway naked where he gets locked out of this hotel room. And he's a judge. Okay. Yeah. So, and then so what he hap- didn't even have his briefs. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's there really you are, right? I laughed. There you, you go. Don't, don't need to push it. Okay. I laughed. So all you're going to get. You can see his gavel. <laughs> can see his gavel? Yeah. 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 I don't know if he could. There seemed to be a lot of implications that there wasn't it would, much You know what would be funny? Is like, yeah. uh, again, if I'm, if I'm doing a Warner Brothers cartoon at mm. that time period, yeah. uh, I'd have her say all the humiliating things to the guy. Sure, sure. Right? Like, just really, a, just yeah. read him the riot act. Sure, sure. And then uh, and then just turn uh, to her left and just go, could you read that back to me? And <laughs> Court transcript? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, a, um, <laughs> well, I would fuck you, uh, but I can't find it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, some jokes about his briefs. Yes, and then she. Uh, I guess this you wouldn't be on a hung jury. Okay, keeping going, and so on. So she does this with an, with a, another prostitute. Okay, so she has to put this. Pro, she hides this prostitute at her place. Right, but then this prostitute decides she's going to go to the bar and get some drinks. Oh, so weirdly, she no. goes to a she goes to a lesbian bar, which I don't know why they. It's a lesbian bar. It's kind of weird. But anyway, okay. so then Foxy finds her there. And then they end up having to fight a bunch of, of the lesbians in the bar. Because one of them has been told they have to hold on to the this woman because she's wanted by the by the bad guys. Okay. And so then they end up so having So this a, is a criminal lesbian bar? I guess. Or there's some criminals who are lesbians in the bar. And okay. there's other people who are just there enjoying right. themselves. Okay. And then a big fight ensues. And there's a lot of, you know... Uh, Breakable chairs being smashed Have with those heads. Have they basically heads and like uh, done what they would traditionally do in a movie where yeah. they go into a biker bar? Yeah. And they would have the biker fight. Yeah. But they're like, well, what are we doing? She's a lady. Yeah, I yeah. We could have a lesbian bar. Okay. Oh, maybe that's they're what it is. criminals in the same way yeah, that the bikers yeah. would be. Yeah, right? lesbians are all criminals. <laughs> they're all criminals. <laughs> yeah. And so they'll well have a fight with them. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of it's hard to know exactly because it seems like a fight breaks out, but then some lesbians are fighting each other unrelated to... So I don't know if some of them are, are like... Are they fighting each other with pillows? No, no. They're like rolling around, punching there's each other. Not, they don't just fall into some mud. There's a lot of chairs being broken on people and, and okay. everything else. So. Chairs were much more breakable. They were very breakable. Chairs and tables as well. You can like hit someone on the head with a table and it just comes apart. Oof. And, but yeah. So I don't know if there's like some some lesbians there who are like good and they're stopping the other lesbians <laughs> from like well, attacking these women. Well, they're good, they're probably bi. Oh, well. True, true colors, everyone. Yeah. True colors, uh, and so then they get caught though. Uh, the The prostitute gets away, and then uh, but um, Foxy gets caught, and she gets tortured, beaten, and then she's sent to like the ranch. We it's called the ranch, okay. which is apparently like a couple of like dumb oafs who like cut the the heroin there or something. I don't know exactly what what the okay. operation is. One guy's fixing the car, and the other guy's smoking a cigarette and dropping all his ash into the heroin while he's. I guess we're supposed to think. I don't want to take heroin. It's it's put together by idiots. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's anti trick. It's just like oh, it's gross what they're doing. Anyway, so so she burns him to death. Oh, okay. And then uh, she escapes, and then I kind of stopped there. I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of like, well, I kind of the reason I started watching it was I was like, 
I had seen it before and I was like, I remember being okay, being okay, but not great. And so I started watching it. But I was kind of thinking about, because I've been thinking about Jackie Brown, which I've only seen once. I saw in the theater when it came out. I liked it when I saw it. I thought it was really good. I really liked it. Yeah. And I, I was always curious because it seemed to get like kind of a very ambivalent response from people. It wasn't as spectacular it wasn't as, as, as Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of why I liked it. I liked that it was kind of quiet and kind of weird. Like it has like Robert Forster, which was kind of like one yeah. of Quentin's classic, you know, here's an actor who's great, but I know and I'll bring him back into people's attention. And, which was nice for him because he got a career again sure. after years of doing nothing. Uh, and had Pam Greer in it as well. Kind of. Yeah, she was really good. And it's interesting. And I was thinking Michael about Keaton. Michael Keaton, yep, playing a role. That he also plays in Out of Sight, which yeah. I think is very cool. He plays the same FBI character in both films. And in both films gets gets duped, which is great. And um, yeah, with Samuel L. Jackson, of course, and, and then uh, Robert De Niro, Bridget Fonda. That's a kind of fun little trio there of, of idiots. And has a kind of a weird kind of thing where you got these kind of almost like comedy level criminals who are also murderous yeah. and, and kind of awful. But they're, they're at a weird kind of different level from what the Pam Greer and Robert Forster romantic story you know, and she's just playing everybody. And it's just kind of a... And he... Anyway, I don't want to give it away. If you haven't seen it, it's quite a good no, film. it's worthwhile, yeah. It's worth. I was kind of thinking of rewatching it. And then when I saw this was on, I was like, oh, I should watch this movie because it kind of is Quentin Tarantino's take on a black exploitation film through Elmer Leonard. It's an Elmer Leonard novel that he had adapted for Jackie Brown. But uh, that's why, that's why um, Michael Keaton plays the same character, same FBI character, because he's also in Out of Sight, which is also an Elmer Leonard story. Yeah. But anyway, um, and I was watching, I was thinking, man, Jackie Brown is like so, so much tamer than this, which is so wild and crazy and just full of blood and, and breasts and, and everything else, you know, like whatever you, you know, like it's the 70s, right? And, uh, and yeah, it's just interesting. I think I will rewatch Jackie Brown, though, just to see what I think about it now. Okay. It's been a while. Let me know when you're going to do that. I'll, I'll watch it as well. Okay. Okay. Right. Cause I think Mary left it at our place on DVD, so I think I'll... Very good. I can watch it. Speaking of things uh, with Tubi, oh and, Tubi, uh, and, and and watching things, yes. and things you've watched, and mm-hmm. you need to take a bathroom break. Uh, <laughs> what's going on on uh, Dark Shadows, Dave? Dark Shadow. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked again because that's. Oh, good. Uh, I think. I'm still listening, Dave. Yes, I'm you. Still uh, in the room. <laughs> you can tell. I can tell how much you're listening. Oh, but there he goes. He's listening so hard he's left the room. But everyone, it is it is time for Dark Shadows. What happened last time? That's the question. That is a question, everyone. If you remember, we had a mystery, a mystery in the attic, a mystery in the tower. There was something going on there, and Rachel, the governess, wanted to know what it was. And uh, so she stole a key, or found a key in the kitchen, and she went upstairs, and she unlocked the door, and she went into the room. And what happened there, everyone? Well, she enters the room, enters the tower room, and uh, the tower room is... It has kind of stained glass windows. It's a circular room because it's a tower and it has stained glass windows in it. And uh, there's a flash of lightning and she sees a figure silhouetted against the stained glass windows. She screams, but when the lightning flashes again, the figure is gone. That's very mysterious. Suddenly, out of the darkness, a wild hair woman appears and she attacks Rachel. She knocks her unconscious to the ground and leaves and then she takes the keys out of the door and she locks Rachel in the room and she drops the keys down the stairwell. Meanwhile, downstairs, Judith uh, is kind of enforcing her new position on Dirk Wilkins, the groundskeeper that we met already, who, you know, has for the past, 
how many years, been taking all his marching orders from Edward. But Edward's out of the picture. Edward got cut out of the will. He got nothing. Judith got the house. The house. Judith is the boss. She's the boss lady. So she's kind of telling Dirk, what she, you know, that she wants him to uh, answer, you know, answer to her, report to her, and she wants him to keep a careful watch because she has a bad feeling. She says she doesn't know why she has this bad feeling, but if she knew what was going on upstairs, she'd know why. Meanwhile, the mysterious woman is kind of making her way through the house, going from room to room. I don't know what she's looking for, but she's she's uh, she's doing that. So outside, though. A watchful Dirk, who's been ordered to be watchful, so he's being very watchful. He uh, he discovers. Sorry, I have to uh, turn the page, everybody. He uh, sees. Sorry, I am lost. <laughs> what happened? Just one second. I'm gonna cut this out, or maybe I won't. Go from the green. I was really wrote, wrote this in green, then I wrote it in blue. Oh, here's the blue page. I'm sorry. He finds a young girl outside. That's what I meant to say. He finds a young girl outside. And this is Nora. We've heard about Nora, but we have not seen her yet. Nora is Jameson's sister. So there's two kids in the house, a girl and a boy. I'm very much like the present time at uh, Collinwood. So this is Jameson's sister, played by Denise Nickerson, better known as Amy. So we're just getting the same actors playing very similar roles. So it's Nora. And of course, this is uh, Dirk Wilkins, played by Roger Davies, or Davis, if you prefer, uh, who is well-known, I've mentioned many times, that he loves to manhandle the ladies on the show. And I have to say, he's as rough with everyone, apparently, because he he roughly brings Amy in, into the house, practically over his shoulder. And uh, when Judith asks Nora, I should say Amy, brings Nora into the house. You said Amy. I did say Amy, which I was confused, because it's the same actress who plays Amy, as I mentioned. But this, okay. is, oh, this is Nora, everyone, not All Amy. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so when, when he brings her inside, they meet up with Judith, and when Judith asks Nora... Why she was outside when she's supposed to be asleep, Nora tells her that she was waiting for her mother. She dreamt two nights in a row that her mother would return, she says. And Judith tells her that her mother is away getting treatment. Mm. She knows that and should not be expecting her to return. The mysterious woman hears Judith and Nora talking because Judith is bringing Nora back to her room. And she ducks into her room and there she finds a Raggedy Ann doll. Ugh. And she takes it. Like Annabelle. Like Annabelle. But here's the thing. This is taking place in 1897. Was Raggedy Ann around then? No, it was not invented until 1915 and not put into production until 1918. Hmm. So it's a time-traveling it's Raggedy Ann doll. Just like we have a time-traveling vampire. <laughs> it must have used the I Ching to go back in time. Uh, she takes the Raggedy Ann doll and then she hears that people are coming into the room that she's decided to duck into. So she hides behind the curtains in one of those sort of alcove windows where there's kind of like a little bit of space but between the curtains and the window. Sure. So she's hiding that there. That works like in Shakespearean times. That worked well too. If you yes. behind like some drapes. Sure, yeah. Nothing gets, bad ever happens. No, you might get stabbed in the heiress. <laughs> uh, the, um, one of my favorite Shakespearean jokes, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> stabbed in the heiress. The... Uh, room is Nora's, and that's why they're coming in there. And she is made nervous by her door being open. Nora she in, nervous. She insisted, Nora, nervous Nora. She insisted that she um, had closed it because she wanted she didn't want anyone to know she was going outside. So of course she would close it. Uh, and then she so she then says she wants Judith to stay with her, but Judith says no. And then as she says no, the camera pans over to a wild-eyed woman <laughs> behind the curtain 
stroking the doll. And may I tell you right now that this wild-eyed woman is played by Marie Wallace, who we last saw as the Lady Eve, as Adam's mate, the other uh, reconstituted human being, which is a great role. It was a great role, but they kind of took her out of the show early because they didn't know what to do with her, so they just kind of killed her okay. off in the general cleaning out of that that storyline when they decided, we're not. this is not going anywhere. Let's just get rid of everyone. Let's kill them all. Um, we get a time-passing cut to Rachel waking up in the tower room. A restless Nora keeps a woman trapped behind the curtain. She wants to go, but Nora's not falling asleep very easily because she's not. She's kind of nervous. Uh, Judith goes downstairs to find the front door wide open. She's very curious. She doesn't know what that happened. Outside, or sorry, Dirk hears Rachel's... Oh, outside, Dirk sees uh, lights on in the tower, so he goes inside to investigate, and he hears Rachel's call for help. And so he smashes down the door, because, of course, the key was taken. Uh, you didn't hear that, Ian, but the key was taken. Okay. Uh, he frees her from the tower room. The mysterious woman is finally able to leave Nora's room, because Nora's fallen asleep. But as she's going to leave, she finds a picture of Edward on the mantelpiece. Mm. And she took, takes it and looks at it, and she angrily mutters, Edward. No. Dirk brings Rachel to Judith, who, let me just say, poo-poos her concerns. Okay. Judith, you know, Rachel's like, well, there's a madwoman in your house who knocked me unconscious. And Judith is like, as if. A madwoman in my house? I only want people who are annoyed. And she, uh, she blames Rachel's attack, though, on Sandor. Gypsies always getting blamed, right? Am sure. I right? I mean, Romas. 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 They're from Rome. The woman has traded... Um, Oh, yes. The woman has traded in the Raggedy Ann doll for a different one. Okay. And she's about to leave Rachel's, uh, about to leave the room when Rachel arrives outside her room. And, uh, oh, this is weird. What's that? Oh, so this is what happened. I just had a bit of confusion. So Rachel arrives and she's going to go into the room. But then she like says, no, I have to get to the bottom of this. And then she leaves again. She doesn't realize that what she was going to get to the bottom of is in hiding in the room. So. Ah, okay. But before leaving the room... This mysterious woman returns the doll to Nora. So she doesn't take it. She returns it to her and, and puts it in her arms. Outside, Rachel runs into Dirk, who unwittingly provides an alibi for Sandor. Uh, so then Rachel's like, well, this is fishy. This is fishy in every which way. Uh, Judith goes into Nora's room, looking. Everyone, he's, she's looking. I'm looking to turn the page. She's looking for someone. She doesn't say who. But I think she's looking for Jenny because she knows that something's up. She's okay. not going to tell anyone. Oh, did I say Jenny? Jenny, she, she's got that number. I gave it away. Yep, she got that number. Out in the hallway, she comes face to face with the mysterious woman who laughs crazily and runs away. Meanwhile, Rachel arrives at Nora's room and helps her get back to bed. So Nora's, Nora's been disturbed by something. Judith searches for the woman. She enters a room and calls for her. Suddenly, the door slams. And the woman approaches Rachel, approaches Judith, sorry, approaches Judith, armed with scissors, Ooh. and not with like a little pair of scissors, with big like tailor scissors, big, uh, yeah. big uh, horror movie scissors, yeah, big scary ones. The woman says she is Jenny Collins, the wife of Edward and the mother of Jameson and Nora. She didn't say that, but I'm just saying that's who she is. So just so people know, she says she's Jenny Collins. So we have to assume that she remembers arriving at Collinwood, where and Judith had said at the time that they would be sisters. She would be her new sister. But she accuses Judith of locking her up because she was jealous, which Judith said wasn't true. It's for her own good, she says. I wasn't jealous of you. And Jenny says, no, you were jealous of me. You stole my green dresses and you wore them. I saw you outside wearing them. And she threatens to stab her. But Beth arrives at this moment and she calms Jenny down 
by turning her attention to her babies. So Jenny or Jenny believes that these dolls that are in her room are her babies. Oh, creepy. And she hears them crying, uh, and she goes to comfort them, uh, and uh, and then she uh, she's able to get Judith out of the room. But Judith is angry at Jenny, and she tells Beth that she will send Jenny away. But Beth says it wasn't her fault. You know, she's fine when she's, you know, but she doesn't care. Meanwhile, Rachel goes to Barnabas, and he is concerned for her. He doesn't know this, who this woman is, but he thinks maybe it's Angelique, because okay. he's a bit, you know. he usually is. Yeah, he suspects Angelique. Yeah. And he resolves to visit the tower room himself. Meanwhile, Beth tries to convince Jenny that she must, uh, she must behave or she'll be sent away. And how I wrote behave, everyone, was probably the most, worst, worst word I've ever written in my life. I can't believe it. it doesn't even, looks like it says bullhue. <laughs> uh, well, maybe she should bullhue. Yeah, she herself. should bullhue people. That's, uh, Jenny tells her that she knows, what, she knows what color a lie is, and it's red like blood. Okay. I got to say... People don't know this, but um, they hired a new person to write for the show, this woman named Violet Hughes, who was a PR person. I know what a name, right? Yeah, especially uh, when you're talking about color. And stuff yeah, yeah. Like. And she, was, she had been like a PR person, a very successful PR person around New York. And she, but she also uh, was, uh, she kind of ghost writ with another one of the writers on the show, a guy named Gordon Russell. And when Dan, whatever his name is, discovered that... Uh, the producer of the show, the guy who kind of created the show, when he discovered that she was writing with 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 Russell with Gordon Russell, she he wanted her to come and write on the show. Oh, okay. And like she said, it seems like in television, once you say no to someone, then they want you. They then they can't resist you. They have to get you. And so he just pursued me forever. And finally, I I just said, okay, that's fine. I will I'll write for the show. And so she wrote for the show for about a year. And so there was three writers in the show: Sam Hall, who was married to Grayson Hall, who played. Um, Dr. Julia Hoffman and Magda the Gypsy or Roma in this uh, in this portion of the show, Gordon Russell and then Violet Hughes. So finally, they had like one, it's this great writing staff of people. And um, I was reading an interview with her, and they're saying like, you know, how did you divide the work? And she said, well, we didn't really divide the work. We all, we each person would write a script. You know, we would like organize with each other. We might we'd call each other constantly and say, "I'm getting so and so to do this. What are you doing in your script?" You know, and there'd be like a general what they called uh, they had a name for it, which was called a flimsy, and it was basically like a six month plan of how the stories were going to go, and they would break it down into the endings of each episode had to have this part happen. Okay, so the writers knew how it should begin and end, and they could just fill in with what they wanted, and as long as they ended. So the next writer was beginning with their ending, then everything was okay. Oh, okay. And then, the, but they still would like, you know, have little confabs to figure out exactly. Could they write at the same time then, because yes, they, they wouldn't need yeah. To so they'd be writing at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah. So it made it much more efficient for them. But they would still keep in contact because they didn't want to be overlapping or writing stuff too off of what other people were doing, right? So they had like kind of a general idea, and then. But I've got to say, like the level of writing, it's just shot up through the roof. Like in terms of like what how people talk to each other. It's much more entertaining and interesting. And also, like, the number of storylines that are happening. Like, before, we'd have, like, like a main storyline, and we'd have, like, a secondary one. Like, now we've got several different things that are happening. We've got, cool. we have Quentin and the Will. We have the return of Angelique. We have the Madwoman in the Attic. We have Judith getting inheriting. We have Edward getting cut out. We have Barnabas' story. Like, he's still trying to figure out what Quentin's, why Quentin is haunting them in the in the future 
and what he has against David and, and, and what he has against Chris Jennings, which mm-hmm. also seemed to be something that was, so that all these sort of things are all going on at the same time. So they have a lot of pokers in the fire and it keeps things jumping, you know, cause they can quickly go from person to person, right. but also the dialogue is so f- fun and fresh all the time. So you get stuff like that, just weird little touches that I can see lies, you know, like, okay, interesting. We know that she's mad, but it's very interesting, you know. And so apparently, yeah, she said that Sam Hall was very witty and his scripts are always full of like interesting conversations, like interesting, fun, funny dialogue and stuff. She was more of a character writer. She really wanted to inhabit the characters and kind of like figure out how they, why, why they were the way they were. And Gordon Russell was kind of the mix of the both. He had, she said he was the best writer of the, of the three of them because he was such a good all-rounder, you know, could keep everything kind of working. And that's how they wrote together. It was pretty interesting. And so every, you know, so when they did like the flimsy, they would get like trapped. They were trapped until they figured out six months of, of shows. Mm-hmm. They couldn't leave the meeting. Like Dan Russell, that was his name. Dan Russell? No, that's not right. Anyway, Dan, whatever his name is, the producer, the original producer of the show uh, and creator of the show, he would just insist on them working until they figured it out because they could not, they could not leave. We have to figure out exactly how the next, this, the season's going to go. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. Anyway, so, so yeah, there's a definite jump in, in like, writerly quality. And the other thing I've noticed is that they've, they still do it once in a while, but they've mostly stopped the, the, the before credits recap of the end of the last episode. Oh, okay. They'll do it every once in a while, but often they'll just start. They'll just start off at a run into the next. They just can't wait to get the next, the story yeah, going. Like soap operas, did soap operas do recaps back then? Like, was that a standard thing? Or? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never seen another one besides this one. And I, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of fun. I do sort of enjoy them in the sense that because they didn't, they didn't like edit, they didn't cut part of a, of the show out and put it into the next show. They just re-performed it the next day. And so sometimes it would be better and sometimes it would be worse. <laughs> it was weird. All right. So Rachel and Barnabas arrive at Collinwood. Uh, Judith makes Rachel come and join her in the drawing room while Barnabas waits outside where he sees the lights turn on in the tower. Uh, because... Rachel's supposed to sneak him into the house so he can get up to the tower without anyone knowing that he's going up there. Um, Beth walks in on Judith and Rachel, at which moment, you know, Judith sends Rachel away because Beth is in on the Jenny secret, but Rachel is not, so she doesn't want her to be part of this conversation. But Rachel brings the key to Barnabas, who makes his own way to the tower room. He enters and finds the room empty. And he does this kind of a simple search, which turns up this weird disfigured doll's head just yeah. sitting by itself in an armoire. He like opens the armoire doors and there's this doll's head in there. And it's very kind of weirdly creepy. Suddenly the door opens and Barnabas looks in absolute horror at whatever is coming. And that's the end of that episode. Ooh. But what's funny is, what's funny is it kind of gets let down with the writers because when the show starts, it's all this buildup and then it's revealed that it's nothing. The door just opens of its own accord and closes so huh. why, he, why he looks so terrified at this, it's, you know, it's weird, but it's not necessarily terrifying. It'd be interesting if, like, earlier on he goes, like, I'm scared of nothing. And he sees <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so this happens in... My worst fear. Barnabas says, I know you're there, Angelique. Oh. I know you've come. And uh, he, uh, he calls her out to reveal herself. So then Angelique's laughter, familiar laughter, okay. fills the room. Joyous laughter. Yes, very joyous. And then she steps out of the shadows. And Barnabas realizes that he could never be free of Angelique. He basically says that. I can never escape you. I realize that now. And she tells him there is a way. No. And he says, how's that? She says, if you loved me, this would all stop. He says, I cannot love you. I cannot love you, Angelique. 
It's such a great conversation, though. Mm. I wish I could convey it, but I can't because it would just take too much time. But it's really good. Uh, which is weird, though. She then offers her help to solve the mystery of the werewolf. So I don't know what that means. Is it Chris Jennings? Oh. Is she referring to the future? Can she? Should she know that future? It's weird, right? Uh, and she says she'll do this for the sake of David because she once lived in the family, of course, as Cassandra. You know, and she says she, she apparently she says she was fond of the children or whatever. Which Barnabas says, "You're not. You don't love anyone." <laughs> he doesn't trust her. Uh, she then points out that he is changing the past by being in it. That whatever he's trying to, you know, whatever he's trying to cure in the future, yeah, he is jumbling up in, by being in the past and making making a mess of everything. Okay, classic because, Back to the Future mistake. <laughs> Sleeps with his mom. Yeah, lots of problems. Uh, she tells Barnabas that she has a vision of the future, though. And she opens a window to reveal the rising sun. And she tells her vision, tells her vision, which is uh, of the coffin where Barnabas rests. And a hooded figure appears with a hammer and stake. And then Barnabas demands to know who this figure is. But Angelique has disappeared. Mm. So... We then tune in, we then drop in on Quentin and Jameson. James, of course, is a young boy that Quentin is manipulating into spying on Barnabas. He wants, but he makes it like it's a game where he like turns it into like they're at spy headquarters and I'm the chief spy and I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to go spy on this person. And he wants Jameson not only to spy, he wants him to spy. He wants him to know, he wants to know where Barnabas goes during the day. Like he disappears. Where is he gone? I want to know this. Right. But he also wants Jameson to steal a personal item oh. of Barnabas's as well. So after Jameson leaves, Quentin reveals that he has a doll of Barnabas, much like what Angelique would have. So now we have two people doing voodoo. <laughs> what? Like I can understand Angelique. She was from Martinique, which you know would think of well. That's... Angelique from Martinique. Yeah, exactly. very chic, <laughs> very chic, and quite a freak for <laughs> voodoo. And but it's weird. What does Quentin know voodoo for? I guess we can say he's <laughs> traveled the world because we have we know that he went to. To the, to the Orient, yeah. let's call it that, and where he found the I Ching tiles. It was his minor in college. <laughs> that voodoo that you do so well. Um, well, well enough to get your degree, I guess. Yeah. Mm, mm. At the old house, Jameson hangs around while Magda cleans. So she's talking to him and sort of, you know, making sort of these ironical, ironical comments. Uh, but she's finally able to shoo him away. When Barnabas returns... He notices that his cane is missing. Mm. I wonder who took it. Uh, it turns out Quentin has Barnabas's cane because Jameson stole it. Uh, he then uses um, he then uses Jameson as his conduit because Jameson is innocent. So uh, okay. Quentin can call on the power of Baal. I don't know why he's going calling on a Canaanite god, but anyway, sure. that's fine. Uh, and now, in the most what I call here the most rubbery conception of of a voodoo doll of all time. Uh, after the incantation, um, Jameson is in sort of a trance, and he says, "You must use silver to hurt to hurt Quentin." Okay. And so uh, Quentin takes the cane, the cane head, and just sort of jams it down on the doll. Yeah. Instead, like pushes down on the yeah. doll. So now Barnabas is at the gold house talking with Magda about his missing cane, when he suddenly feels an incredible pain in his chest and has to lie down. But Magda quickly deduces that someone is using magic on him. Because he's a vampire and is not is impervious impervious to pain and death, so who could help? Who could hurt him? Only someone using magic, and she knows who. Uh, who is it? Well, yeah. we know already. We saw him doing it. But uh, let me turn the page, everyone. At Collinwood, 
Quentin is using Jameson, as I said, for the conduit for his spell. When Jameson faints from the effort, suddenly Magda appears to confront Quentin, but she is horrified to see that he has the mark of death. She says, the mark of death. You cannot run fast. You cannot run fast enough. Soon, soon you will die. (laughs) And as she says this, we see Quentin's face. A green lit skull is superimposed on Quentin's face. And the face, his face fades away, leaving only the skull with eyeballs. And I thought, they beat Evil Dead. <laughs> beat Evil Dead too. Hey, get on him. Yeah. Uh, Quentin begins throwing Magda around and strangling her, uh, forcing, her to, forcing her to tell him how... Oops. Sorry, I dropped my, dropped my notes. Forcing him... Forcing him, everyone. To... Uh, forcing her, sorry. Forcing her to tell how he will die and who will kill him. Magda agrees to read his poem. She sees a knife and a woman holding the knife. Cut to Jenny Collins. Very significant cut, I feel. Talking to Judith about her babies. (laughs) Quentin laughs. Then we cut back to Quentin laughing off the idea of being killed by a woman. I should hope so, he says. Mm. He begins to play his song that we have heard so often before. Seems like a mistake people made with Roxy Brown. Jack. Oh, yeah. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Sorry, Roxy. Roxy. Did she ever play someone named Roxy? I'm sure <laughs> no, no, no. She, did. she played someone named Coffee. Oh, that's true. That's named Coffee. Um, he plays a song, his familiar theme song, which we heard so many, much in the present time of, of at Collinwood. Uh, he even refers to it as his theme. He says, I've heard that everyone should have a theme. And this is mine. <laughs> Where did he hear that? I don't know. It's an uncredited. Hey, Dave, yeah. everyone should have a theme. Has anyone ever said that to you? You know, if you said it, it's an un- unattributed quote. Mine is, uh, <laughs> it's for mine is too. Wah, 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 wah. That's mine. Yeah. Upstairs, Jenny is, uh, is happily fussing with her babies, but she hears Quentin's theme and becomes extremely <laughs> agitated. I hope she gave a theme to every one of her babies. Because mm. I've heard every, everyone should have a everyone theme. Everyone should have a theme. Yeah. Ex- she exclaims, he's back. He's come back to be punished. Who's going to punish him? And she's very excitable. And Judith has to distract her to escape the room. She storms into Quentin's room and turns off his gramophone and is very upset with him. And she's also outraged to see Magda there because she does not like her. Feels she's a big charlatan and a fraud and tricked her grandmother out a lot of money that could have gone to me, she says. Sure. Uh, Judith meets Dirk Wilkins in the foyer and offers him a new responsibility and more money. And basically, her responsibility is keep Jenny in her room. Don't let her out. That is your job, your only job. Do it. He's like, okay, I'm not happy about it, but it means more money. That's fine. It also gives Roger Davis a new opportunity to throw a woman around a room. <laughs> Jenny is dancing in a room, humming Quentin's theme. She stops herself because she feels guilty for dancing to this song. So guilty that she blames another woman for dancing to it. Mm. So that wasn't me. That was another woman who did it. Um, everybody got to turn the page again. Mm-hmm. Jenny becomes so agitated that she has to be restrained by Dirk when he and Judith arrive. And Jenny struggles and Judith slaps her to the ground. And she coldly tells Dirk that it's his job to make sure Jenny never leaves her room, ever. Quentin demands that Magda look into her crystal ball. This is back in Quentin's room. Uh, she tells him he has until the next full moon to, to stay alive. And that is only in two days. She can't see clearly who will kill him, but she was once beautiful to which uh, Quentin says, that's no help. And her, meaning he only knows beautiful women. And her name starts with a J. So Quentin immediately thinks of Judith, his sister, but he dismisses her as a threat. But, you know, that's all he has to go on. So he confronts her anyway. 
and he wants to know her plans for him, bizarrely suggesting that she's thinking of murdering him, which is always a good idea to put the idea of murder into someone's head. Meanwhile, Jenny opportunistically knocks out Dirk, who only that day got this job. I, I mean, I, I mean, not even maybe an hour before this, at the most hours, got this new job, and then ends up getting uh, clonked in the head and uh, knocked unconscious so that Jenny escapes. Failure. Terrible. Terrible job, Dirk. She walks through the house and finds a knife. She brandishes it while saying, Quentin, Quentin. Later, Beth is nursing a somewhat chastened, chastened Dirk. He seems a little abashed for having been knocked unconscious. He seems also, he seems angry that Beth had a secret, kept a secret from him, that she knew who Jenny was and he did not know about this. Oh. She tells him that she's known about Jenny since her breakdown when Edward sent her away for treatment. But she, did not, she denies any knowledge of the cause of Jenny's nervous breakdown. As they're talking, Jenny sneaks to the front door and they see her, but it's too late. She escapes outside. They head off in pursuit. He in the direction of the old house, she towards the cottage. At the old house, Barnabas receives a visit from Quentin. He's come to tell Barnabas to leave Collinwood forever. He suspects Barnabas of planning to kill him. I know you're trying to kill me. And also, you messed up my will plans. He resents Barnabas's intrusion into the life of Collinwood, particularly the business with a will, as I said. And Barnabas is frankly amazed at these accusations. He's like, what? Your family, why would I kill you? <laughs> I want you to be well. I want you to, you know, I got to turn the page again. Sorry. Uh, Barnabas tries to warn him, though. He tries to warn Quentin about Angelique. But Quentin res- resents even this. Ugh. He's like, why should I be afraid of her? And he says, but if you're afraid of her, I know who I can use to get rid of you. And he leaves. But as he leaves, Jenny comes out of the bushes behind him and begins to follow him. Beth arrives at the cottage and begins looking for Jenny. As she's looking, Quentin arrives and is happily surprised to find her there, and immediately thinks that she came there to meet him. Obviously, Why not? you come here. So we get a little bit of his special brand of uh, special brand of flirting, which is basically just, you know, a lot of hand, hand, handiness and smooching. And then uh, after a nice long kiss, Beth makes her excuses <laughs> and leaves. At the old house, Barnabas discovers Dirk lurking in the shrubbery. Dirk looking. <laughs> On the spot, Dirk lamely explains that the family is looking for Jameson, who has been missing. Barnabas says, for how long? And he says, for two hours. Barnabas says, that's not long. I'm 150 years old or whatever he says. In a scene that is rife with homosexual tension. I'm not joking. This is a really weird scene. Barnabas invites Dirk in to search his house. Okay. And uh, the scene ends with them going upstairs together. Okay. Not quite holding hands, but it's a very weird scene. I don't know if it's like a conscious scene by the the writers, if they wanted that. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. You know, we had... We had Joel Haskell, or Joel Crothers, sorry, Joel, Joel Crothers in the show, yeah. who was gay, who played Joe Haskell. Louis Edmonds, who plays Roger, plays Edward in this past time, he was gay. And then Jonathan Frid was gay. So obviously, everyone knew that they were gay. Right. It's just sort of weird. So they you kind think of there was some coding there. going on there? I don't know, because Roger Davis wasn't. This time, he was married to Jacqueline Bissett, the actress. Okay. Uh, who later was in Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, it's weird. I might be coding. I might just be for fun. Funsies. <laughs> If kids can get this, if kids and housewives get this stuff, they're smarter than we think. Who knows? Uh, now, when when Dirk leaves, Barnabas <laughs> looks at looks you know watches him leave. It's very once again kind of weird. Um, Quentin meanwhile is lounging about the cottage, awaiting Beth's return. He's pretty confident that she's likes what he's got to give, and she's going to come back for more. And then there's a knock on the door. 
uh, and he happily goes to answer it. To his surprise, it is not Beth. No. Nope. It is Jenny Collins standing on his doorstep. He is surprised to see her, but it seems he's happily surprised to see her. Okay. He tells her that he didn't know she was here. Jenny vaguely remembers him. He says she remembers that he brought her to the cottage at some point, but she is upset because he went away. Suddenly she remembers him and looks at him lovingly, but she is sad and she says, I thought we were going to be so happy together. Quentin replies, we still can be. Nothing has changed. You are still my wife. Mm-hmm. So we've been thinking all along that she was Edward's wife. Twisteroo. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird twist. Yeah. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Quentin suggests that they return to Collinwood and Jenny asks for a kiss. And Quentin obliges, but then seems disgusted that he did so. He looks kind of like, ugh. Ugh, gross girls. Yeah, girls. Uh, we go back to a brief scene at the old house between Dirk and Quentin uh, to get us to Beth returning to Collinwood, where she is met by a happy Jenny. Beth gets her into the into the house. Dirk arrives at the cottage, expecting to find Beth. Oh, got to turn the page. Sorry, once again. Apologize for my clumsiness. Instead, he finds a body laying stretched out on the floor with a knife sticking out of his chest oh that's a bad sign it is quentin oh dirk tries to leave to get help but he's intercepted by barnabas who basically says dirk's got some splaining to do yeah that's where we'll end this week's episode of dark shadows and quentin goes would you like to see my sundial impression (laughs) there it is yes there we go there we go so if you want to follow along uh that's on tubi yes Uh, if you gotta don't mind some commercials can take some uh, breaks and uh, watch some, uh, you know, uh, black exploitation movies as well. Why not? We're in the seven hundreds, folks. Only, uh, only seven hundred more episodes. We're in the seven hundred club, and we're not asking you for money for religious purposes. Uh, last week on the show, we asked you a couple of questions. This, mm-hmm. These were the questions we asked you. We asked, uh, uh, "How has COVID been for you?" That's mm-hmm. the kind of week that was. That that was our question. Uh, have you had it? Any family members had it? And uh, what do you grow in your garden that no one else does? Uh, the co-host of Horse Mysteries uh, starts off, uh, Lisa, uh, saying, I'll answer question number one. Yes, my daughter Eve just recently, as Dave told us last episode, fortunately, as he said, uh, she was already double vaccinated and uh, was to have her booster just that week. But even so, the good news is she seems to have had a mild case, although she did report feeling exhausted when she went for a walk one day. Uh, In the early days of COVID, the person who was patient number nine here in BC, uh, unknowingly, uh, because this was before we knew it got out of uh, Wuhan, infected a former writing student of mine. She in turn took it home and her dad got it. He ended up in the ICU for three weeks on a ventilator, which uh, would have been terrifying for the kids as the mom had just died very suddenly and unexpectedly the summer previously. Uh, leaving behind an 18-year-old and 15-year-old. Yeah, that was, if the dad, that was, that was yeah. very shocking. If the dad hadn't pulled through, well, I, I hate to think about it. Fortunately, he has recovered uh, and was well-supported by his work, uh, who let him work from home for a long time. Hmm. Uh, I work in a building of just under 1,500 people, so uh, we did have people get it here, or at the very least, they had to take two or more weeks uh, to quarantine due to exposures. Uh, for the most part, it was confidential. We never really knew who had it. Or if they had just been exposed to someone who did. And to my knowledge, none of the co- my colleagues got it. We do work in an area with a high vaccination rate. Apparently 95%. Wow. Uh, so we generally yeah, had a, a low transmission rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, although some of the schools in our areas uh, and other areas of our district were not as lucky. Uh, one of my other writing students' dad got it through his work. He works in the movie industry. And in the fall of 2020, it swept through uh, the set. 
via the catering crew. So uh, everything was shut down. Uh, he just slept uh, for about a week straight and none of the rest of the family got it, fortunately. He was uh, telling me Friday that their current production has been shut down due to uh, Omicron. Uh, as well, Mary's ex had it over Christmas 2020 into New Year's, picked it up and uh, as he, uh, when he was working as a paramedic. Again, fortunately, fine afterwards. He did delay his initial vaccination date. Uh, for uh, question number two, I don't think there's anything we grow in our garden that's too unusual. Uh, when I grew up, we did have a variety of fruit trees that were wonderful. Uh, right out behind the house, we had a huge Queen Anne cherry tree. You could pick the cherries right off the porch. Yeah, and, you you really could. Yeah. Oh, well, I wasn't calling her a liar. <laughs> Hope you didn't think I was. And in the garden, we had a Bing cherry tree that my dad ended up cutting down for some bizarre reason. Uh, we also had a transparent apple tree, which is a very rare type of apple now. But I think it's uh, one of the first to come out uh, in the season. It's great to eat and even better to make applesauce with. Why is it called transparent? I think because the skin is quite light. Ah. Uh, as well, we had another tree that had two, maybe three, types of apples grafted, uh, variety grafted uh, onto it. The one I am told was a russet, which uh, was very uh, was a very late maturing, rough-looking little thing, but it had a lovely flavor. Yeah, those were good apples. Louise Moon, which is uh, our friend of the show, obviously, and also is celebrating a birthday this week. Just happy so, birthday, Louise! Happy birthday, Louise! Just so people know, all all apple trees are grafted, so. Okay. There's no apple tree. I mean, apple trees don't grow from seeds. They grow from grafting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What happens if you plant an apple seed? Uh, well, you'll get a tree, but it probably won't taste good. Like the apples that we eat are particularly particular flukes that are really good. Most apples are quite sour and just end up being like used for cider and stuff like that. Uh, any any apple that you like, if you eat a Granny Smith apple, yeah, you're eating an apple that's direct descendant of the original Granny Smith apple that came from Australia. Neat. I was brought here, or, or you know, whatever ap- apple that uh, that you eat. All of them. Some of them have so been. So an apple orchard. It's all grafted trees. It's all grafted trees. Yeah, and that's why you can have ones that have like several different varieties on one tree because you yeah. just graft them on, and then you can. And that bit of trivia was your uh, birthday present, Louise. Enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, I've avoided COVID so far. Another good birthday present. It might seem uh, strange to people overseas or in the U.S., but until this month, I haven't known any friends or close relatives who have gotten it. Only two people in total since the Omicron outbreak. It's uh, great that most people are recovering from this milder strain. But there's no way of knowing if you or a loved one has a strong enough immune system to fight it off. And people can still pass it along, even if they're vaccinated and asymptomatic. So before you go to a restaurant, gym or theater, uh, being as this is the most contagious variant in the world, ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? At the moment, I do not. I guess I do. I've been to the gym a couple times already. Okay. Since the, uh, we have gone four times. Yeah, we're going to a restaurant after this, probably with another friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe I should be nervous. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, that's not another adventure for next week. Let's 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 just throw a blessing onto next week's show. Uh, next week's show, everything's eh, gonna be great. Let's do that. There's another. There's a new variant of Omicron. Uh, what is it? <laughs> it's it's uh, has a. I, it, it just has a number name like BNA or BN1 or whatever okay. like that, or BN2. Has it reached here yet? I'm not sure. Um, probably. It spread pretty fast. It, apparently, though, it cannot be detected through tests because it is it is different. It doesn't have the spiky qualities of, of the original COVID. Okay. Does it, uh, does the, um, do the vaccinations uh, have any effect on it? Yep. 
Yeah. Okay, so the spikiness uh, yeah, is not a, a yeah, factor. Yeah, it's fine. And, this, and also it seems that it's, once again, it, it, it's another step down in terms of uh, seriousness from the original COVID as well. Okay, let's keep, let's not keep getting variants, but if we do, let's yeah. make them small. <laughs> make them, let's keep, keep, it, keep it mild, everyone. Keep it milder, okay. By the way, the ringing in my ears has now stopped. So let's see what oh, happens. That's with good. Us. Yeah, it's interesting when I turn the screens on. Uh, ooh, that was that was. Oh, okay, getting, okay. But uh, right now, I seem to be doing okay. Knock on all the wood. There we go. <laughs> uh, Chris Roberts. Ah, oh, it's a Chris Roberts letter. Oh, I'm already we, lucky. Before we move on, let me just say uh, yeah. once again, happy birthday, Louise. Happy birthday to you, Louise. We'll be celebrating Louise's birthday uh, in an interesting way that we'll tell you about next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like it's a surprise for her. She she knows about it. <laughs> okay. Cliffhanger, Louise. Cliffhanger. Uh, do you think it's like some Dark Shadow uh, cosplay? <laughs> it might be. We're all coming as our favorite character. We're all coming <laughs> as Angelique. All of us. <laughs> Except dressing the cat up like the werewolf. Um, <laughs> Chris Roberts write, writes, Proof that the butterfly effect is real. Oh, well, I'd like to hear about this. Thursday evening. A couple of guys sit down in Vancouver and spend two hours and 41 minutes, plus periods of silence, conducting <laughs> a free-flowing, very funny conversation on a broad range of subjects that have caught their attention lately, plus a few songs. <laughs> Sunday morning, a guy in Scotland startles his family by suddenly shouting, Tinkerbell! And Texasville! <laughs> at his phone for no obvious reason. That, my friends... Is science <laughs> on the COVID? Oh, sorry, uh, Tinkerbell, Texasville. Yeah, there. I'm sorry, I didn't do the yeah. uh, offensive accent. <laughs> I apologize. Um, on the COVID front, mm-hmm. uh, although I have several friends who've been infected so far, all my family has been fine, including me. By the time you read this, though, who knows? That mm-hmm. is the way it is. That is the way it is. Right. All right. Hope they all stay uh, safe and healthy. Oh, we're all. Let's all be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest. Uh, We've been fortunate in having a better pandemic experience than many people. Uh, both Diane and I were able to work from home, so we actually got to see more of each other than before. I realized this wouldn't be necessary and wouldn't necessarily be a good thing for all couples, but we dig it. Oh, all right, right on. Uh, our two adult sons are home with us, and our daughter is nearby, so we haven't had to worry about them. My mom, who's 94, is less than a mile away. So again, we've been able to stay in close contact and give her support when she's needed it. And we're triple vaxxed too. Well done. That's good. Um, and to enter, answer Brent's question. Oh, Brent. At first, I couldn't think of anything in our garden that no one else grows. But then I remembered that 12 years ago, we commissioned a unique breed of daffodil as a president for Diane's dad on his 80th birthday. A present? Yes. Uh, Dan comes from a long line of fisher folk in Fife. Oh, the fisher folk of Fife. Fisher folk in Fife. Oh, the fisher folk of Fife are the fisher finest folk around. And if you don't fucking think so, you should fuck off. The fisher folk of Fife. It's hard to say fisher folk in Fife. Yeah. Sorry to have a swear in a song about. Yeah, it seemed a little. Yeah. A little blue, but that's that's the way it went. It was it was an old uh, sea, Apparently, sea shanty. I remember hearing that on Rusty Warren's album "Knockers Up." <laughs> uh, 
comes from a long line of fisherfolk in Fife, north of Edinburgh. For generations, they named their boats uh, Star something. For instance, her great-grandfather's boat in the 19th century was Star James. So we had the daffodil named Star James Watson after her dad nice. and divided bulbs among her family. That's very sweet. Yeah. Um, sorry about the song. Uh, here's the thing, though. <laughs> after we planted three or four bulbs in our garden in Inverness, yeah. the flower grew and, blo- and bloomed only once. After that, we looked for it every year, but it didn't return until cue violins <laughs> last year when yep. we unexpectedly found a small bunch growing again, strong and healthy. It's a small flower with a yellow rim and orange center, so quite distinctive and certainly easier to spot than a transparent apple tree. <laughs> Needless to say, that's that's the comparison people make. You know, yeah. How easy is that to spot? Well, I can see the leopard out in the grass. Yeah. I mean, that's easier to spot than a transparent apple tree. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that can- chameleon, it's that's more difficult to spot than yeah. a transparent apple. It's, it's what's well, Uh Needless to say, it was it's a, it's a bread box of trees. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, it was a special moment, and we're hoping we don't have to wait another 11 years to enjoy it again. That is a very sweet story. Thank you so much, uh, Chris. That's funny. The uh, you know, Do we have anything unique in our garden? Oh, this wonderful story. Yes, of course. That's great. Uh, John H. writes us. Nice. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, hello. Uh, I have man- somehow have managed to avoid COVID. Despite- I'll say hello. I was sorry. I was chewing a Sour Patch Kid. Oh, that's fair, fair enough. So uh, somehow I've managed to avoid COVID d- despite it uh, being in the house with me twice. Wow. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah. So far, this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Sneaky Dragon listeners, don't get COVID. That's a good ad for us. Yeah. And I'm saying like, I'm glad that your daughter's all right. But I think this means she doesn't listen to the show. Curse of the Dragon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> my wife had it over the new year in 2021 before vaccines were available to us so thankfully it was a mild case mm. then my brother-in-law had it over this past christmas while we were staying with him uh by then we were double vaccinated and boosted mm. but i started having symptoms yeah. when we returned home i was sure that i had it but two negative pcr tests confirmed that it must have been a bad cold hey remember colds <laughs> good old rhinovirus <laughs> oh man a cold eh yeah boy that old friend you know, we all thought he was a jerk, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then, like, now he's showing up again. Right? Hey, buddy, yeah. what's the st- what's the good word? And what a step down too. It, you know, nowadays, nowadays viruses come from bats, and the old days they came from rhinos. Yeah, that's seems, right. Seems kind of so common that cold. My <laughs> wife and I are both educators. And so this whole thing is uh, a lot of people are educators who listen to this show, too. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I are both educators. And so uh, this whole thing has posed some challenges, obviously. I worry a lot about my 81-year-old dad, uh, but he had been very careful and is now boosted. Good. Uh, we have a kumquat tree in our garden. Not <gasps> unheard of, but, but fun. No, no. Let me just say unheard of. Okay. And the kumquats have been particularly delicious this year. Have you heard of someone having a kumquat tw- tree in their uh, Sweet and sour? No, but it's a funny word. Yeah, it is good. Name a tree that's funnier sounding than kumquat Sycamore. Tree. Sycamore. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're not wrong. Transparent <laughs> apple. <laughs> some, some, some people find humor there. Why was the invisible man make his apple pies? They don't. They don't. They've never tasted applesauce from a transparent apple tree. And let me just tell you, once you've had it, you can't go back. That's right. I, I don't see it. Anyway, uh, brief backwards dragon project update. Wait, wait. So go, back, go back and read a little bit. We, we, we walked all over the end of uh, John's... A paragraph there. Oh, he said, we have a kumquat tree in our garden, not unheard of, but fun. And the kumquats have been particularly delicious this year, sweet and sour. Nice. All right. Uh, brief backwards dragon. Like, like pork. Okay. Come Which on. would go well with transparent apples. Mm-hmm. 
uh, brief backwards dragon project update. I'm not going to read that one I, more time. I love. I love. Oh, I like love I am. <laughs> All right. I love this whole project. Go I on. have reached the listening party, and I love it uh, so much. Uh, most of my music listening is classical, so thanks, Dave and Mary, for reminding me that I love pop music too, especially when it is fresh and quirky. Uh, the Cassandra Jenkins track that Dave played in the final episode is a little masterpiece. Thank you. It seemed like we didn't get a lot of love for that, John, but I, I appreciate that you love that. Okay, now talking about me. Also, Ian's <laughs> Summer of 69 Chili Dog bit in episode 501 made me blow tea through my nose. <laughs> Be well, good fellows. Wish I could remember that bit. Oh, it was about um, uh, sucking on a chili dog behind the Tasty Freeze. Oh. And it's like... That is not how you eat a chili dog, <laughs> Mr. Mellencamp. That's true. Sir, sir, and also, if you're sucking on a chili dog behind the Tasty Freeze, mm-hmm. you're doing something else. And it's not sure. involving a hot dog. Oh, coding, you think? Is he coding? So John keeps going with yep. a PS saying, I mentioned uh, my double avoidance of COVID to a friend today. And, he, and she said, you know, John, it's starting to seem less like you're avoiding COVID and more like COVID is avoiding you. <laughs> you know what? There you go. Yeah. How do we piss nice. COVID off? Make it to not want to hang around us. Oh, it's so nice when we have smart, funny friends. Yeah. Back to Lisa. Back <gasps> to Lisa. We're going on back to Lisa. How I like She's her. trying to plug the horse mysteries thing, so she's making all these appearances. <laughs> Just want to jump in here again, as I believe it was uh, this episode that Dave so boldly stated oh. that horses can get coronavirus. It was a guess. It was a I guess. just want to muddy the waters further to say, kind of, depends what you mean. Basically, if we are talking about COVID-19, then so far there is no evidence that horses can or have contracted this, even when exposed to humans who have it. However, there is something horses and other pets... Uh, can get that is uh, called coronavirus, but it is a mild gastrointestinal issue with very low mortality rates. I'll attach some info uh, for those of you who always wanted to learn more about horse diseases, but were too shy to ask. And then she does. Uh, there are some diseases that are zoonotic, shared between horses and humans, particularly rabies, where horses catch it from other animals, usually foxes or dogs, and can pass it on to humans if they bite the human. It is ultimately fatal to horses. Diseases like West Nile, which can be transmitted via vectors, birds, insects, to humans and horses. The horse in this case uh, is a dead-end host. Lyme disease and salmonellosis are also common zootic, zoonotic diseases in uh, North America. You, you know I got the infected ear and I got to read this. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that, that is good information. It's weird how before coronavirus, uh, I knew two people who had rabies. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the big thing. That is before, weird. Yeah. Were they okay? Did they yeah, get, both they of got them, shot? Uh, oh, that's good. Well, the second one, mm. especially so because the first one had it, right? Uh, though they didn't know each other. Yeah. Uh, because the first person I know uh, had it uh, and was told, you know, go get this checked out. Nah, I'm fine. I'll go tomorrow. No, you're not going tomorrow. You're going now. Yeah. And, we, and it was all of us pestering her going, go, 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 go. Nah, I don't want it. You're going to go. Go. <laughs> and she went and it was like, yeah, that saved your life. You wow. Know, she wow. would have died. Uh, so when the next person got it, which was a couple of months later, and again, it's, uh, you know, a bat, um, uh, we went, this person. And so we, then we got her pressuring them and, uh, yeah, that they, they were, all right, fine, I'll go. And they was like, shit, I've got it. So basically anytime anyone goes through anything like that now, we immediately all dogpile on, mm. like go get mm. checked out. So basically here's the thing. If you find a bat in your room, like you wake up and there's a bat in your room. Yeah. Eh, go get checked out. Go get checked out. You don't know if they scratched you or not. Yeah, you don't know what's sense. going on. Don't like yeah. 
necessarily, oh, look myself. You can't see under your hairline. You can't see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, go, if nothing else, what an interesting story for the people <laughs> at the ER or wherever you've gone. Yeah. Right? Like, they're going to go, what? Rabies? We didn't expect to hear. Oh, let's test it out. And then, if it is, then you saved your life and great story. And if not, eh, it was a fine story. Yeah. And, and, and there's no... A uh, clinic that's going to go, you dumb dumb, why'd you come in? <laughs> They're trained to not say that. Right. Because rabies are uh, really fucking fatal. Don't uh, don't mess with rabies. As as are babies. Babies are fatal? Oh, no. Sorry. I was thinking something else. Okay. just want to point out <laughs> my wife uh, knows so much about horses. I, mem- I said it earlier in the show and she proved it. She, pro- okay. she just stepped up, stepped and, up to the and plate. And for some reason thinks babies are fatal. Okay. Uh, no, I was thinking of something different. But anyway. Very good. I, I refer to babies as, uh, my dolls as babies. Very similar to <laughs> That is fatal. Yeah, I have all to my... To your social uh, life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez. I'm going to go to Liam's letter and, uh, and forget about all this. Sure. In fact, I'm going to read two of Liam's letters in a row. Oh, all right. You read them. I will not tolerate any Matrix Resurrection slander. <laughs> it is a masterpiece that easily makes my top five for the year. Consider this a warning. Top eight. five for the year? It's January... <laughs> Nah, I love hearing you two criticize films I love. And I would like to apologize for my previous comment that is awaiting moderation. (laughs) I believe it sounded threatening. Love the show. Not threatening at all. It's enjoyable. I love love when people defend what they love. Yeah, that's right. And it's great. I I mean, I didn't think the movie was, was... Perfect, but I, I did not, I did not hate it. I enjoyed it. I think I defended it on the show. I think I defended it on the show. We've all woken up in a pot of goo. We we can all relate. That's right. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes. Oh, Edward. Are we at the end? Mm, he maybe. used to signal in the old days. Yes, in the old days. You catch a common cold, <laughs> check your mail, and if Edward had written, yeah. that was the end of letters for the day. That's right. That was the oldie days. Nowadays, you catch a falling star. Put it in your pocket, and then a baby kills you. <laughs> I don't know why you're so scared of babies. No, uh, my, my friend is, uh, is a show and has had two babies has told me the babies are fatal. Um, Edward writes. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, so uh, Edward writes, we thought old uncle COVID had come for a visit recently, Oh, but it all came up negative. Just a nasty case of the crud going around. We're all vaccinated here. So even if it was COVID, we'd be no worse off than, uh, than, uh, we are with this nasty cough and cold. Maybe sometimes it's, yeah, yeah. The odds are better, much better. Many of uh, my friends have tested positive lately, but nobody in my family, one of my best friends, and both his kids tested positive, and so did his dad. So they had to lay low for a week or so. Uh, but my friend's dad uh, had a series of strokes due to it. Oh, sorry oh about no. That. COVID affected uh, his oxygen levels, and his brain was depleted of oxygen, causing a series of mini strokes. Wow. Physically, he's fine now, but his mental state has, gone, has taken a hit with hallucinations, dementia, and memory loss. He's undergoing a neurological rehab now. So hopefully they can strengthen his mind to the point where he was before the strokes. Uh, that's about as bad as it's gotten around here. Well, I'm very sorry to hear about that. I'm glad you guys are okay. But yeah, our thoughts uh, our thoughts are with him. Uh, I have no garden to speak of. Uh, we've never taken a growing anything other than a small indoor hydroponic herb garden. I get it. Marijuana. You can just say. Uh, my stepsons <laughs> gave it to my wife as a gift. So she grows herbs, wink, in this thing and dries them out uh, in the convection oven to use them for cooking, wink, wink. Uh, it's very easy to use and gives you way more than you need. Oh, so you sell the rest. We understand what you're saying, Edward. <laughs> That's fine. 
Um, I recently took advantage of a free trial of Apple Music, and I'm hearing music I've never heard before. I asked Apple to play Ringo Starr for me last week, and to my surprise, found myself kind of uh, on a pseudo-post-Beatles breakup Beatles revival. Many of Ringo Starr's uh, either included John on keyboards, George on guitar, or Paul and Linda singing, uh, but never all together, making for a close-enough Beatles-esque result. And there were the contributions uh, from many others like Clapton, Elton John, Joe Walsh, Billy Preston, and many others uh, that I kind of put uh, Ringo into this post-Beatles crossroads where all the greatest musicians congregate. When I was a kid, I can remember uh, my uncle playing Ringo's albums in my grandmother's basement. The No No song comes to mind, <laughs> so that's where I started. Uh, uh, so that's where I started before letting Ringo roll with it all on Apple. That's uh, ironic that you're uh, listening to Ringo on Apple, but an unrelated Apple uh, situation. Um, <laughs> so, Dave, what are your thoughts on our old friend Ringo? What is your audiophile breakdown of his work? I found his music delightfully fun to rediscover and enjoy. Dave, what do you think? Oh, that's fine. I think, actually, I think that so, Ringo's... Uh, <laughs> I think his... Is it 74 album? Well, anyway, the one with, like, uh, Photograph and stuff. I think that's, like, the best Beatles solo album. Like, of all the Beatles. I think it's, like, the best one. And it also has... The closest you'll get to a Beatles reunion is true. It does have John, George, and Ringo playing together. And Paul contributes... A song to it, and John contributed a song to it, and I think George did as well. But George plays a lot of it. And what was sorry? What was the album called? It's just called Ringo. It's just called Ringo. Yeah, okay. it's really it was a really fun album too. It had like a, a big booklet that came in it with illustrations and the lyrics, and, and that, it was really fun. It was like as big as the as big as the record itself, and uh, nice. Yeah, it's a fun album. And okay. The CD is good too because it has uh, back off Boogaloo and uh, and. Uh, What's it called? Spring 1970 or whatever? The, and those aren't on the uh, Those aren't the on the album. album, no. It's just a single only. Uh, one of those songs. Yeah, I wrote a lot of the stuff on there with this guy named Vinnie Ponch, Poncia, who, or Poncia, who is a big, big kind of uh, 60s, you know, brill building kind of writer who wrote a lot of hit songs from people in, in the 60s. And then he worked with Ringo on a couple of albums. On that album, and then on Goodnight Vienna, which is also a good album as well, which is where the No-No song comes from. Okay. But that song is not a Ringo song. That song is written by Hoyt Axton, who you probably know as the dad in Gremlin. I, Gremlins. Probably, I probably do. Yeah. There you go. If I'd seen Gremlins, I've never seen Gremlins. You've never seen the movie Gremlins? No. Wow. Though I have seen Gremlins too. I don't think the dad's in that movie, though. That's a very different movie. <laughs> it's a very, I actually prefer it, but uh, yeah. that's just me. Lastly, watch the Jeff Bridges film Crazy Heart when you get a chance. Its inspiration comes from the true life rise and fall uh, that many musicians experience. Mm. In this case, it's country music. And watch a stellar performance by Colin Farrell as Tommy Sweet, the huge uh, country music uh, sensation who kind of comes off as a Garth Brooks, uh, kind of a Garth Brooks performance. Well worth a watch. Until next time. Does he have friends in low places? Mm -hmm. Until next time, same sneaky time. Sneaky, same sneaky channel. Nice. Oh, that was hard to say. Nice. Uh, stay well, all. You too. Everyone, stay well. Good health all around. Yay! Good thoughts. A movie, a movie of that ilk. A movie of that ilk um, is Tender Mercies with Robert Duvall. <laughs> I thought you were going to go under Ilkwood. <laughs> uh, do you know that movie? I, I know of the movie, okay. but I have not seen it. I really like that film. It's one. It's one of those rare movies that I can watch whenever. If I see it playing, I'll just start watching it wherever it falls. It's a very good film. It's, he plays like kind of a washed up, you know, recovering, recovering alcoholic country and Western singer who just sort of ends up working as an odd jobs man at a, at a roadside motel 
in a sort of nowhere's town in the south. And it's a very interesting film. It's a very simple, very personal film. I wish I could remember the name of the actress who's in it, who plays the woman that he works works for at the motel. She's like a, a widow with a child. And Is it Winona Ryder? It is not Winona Ryder. Thank you for that guess, which was wrong. Angela Bassett. No, it's not Angela Bassett. Catherine Keener. I know that you're a Keener for Catherine Keener, but no. Okay. Mick Elliott writes. <gasps> Mick! Uh, all the way from across to the other side of the world. All the way from underneath the world. Yeah, or maybe on top. There is no top or bottom to the universe. Don't blow my mind with your LSD talk. Uh, Mick writes, Hi, chaps. I enjoyed hearing Dave's top five Apple songs, though, for me, the, uh, the list would only have been complete with Across the Universe covered by Fiona Apple. Oh, you. For a future top five, how about songs with book in the title? <gasps> or, if that is a stretch, songs about books. Keep sneaking. I can already think of four. Well, who wrote the Book of Love? That's a good one. I didn't think of that one. Hmm. There we go. I got five now. Thank you. All right. Done. Done. Uh, for this week, do we have any uh, questions of the week? We do, because Lisa had an idea for question of the week. Which Love I, it! Which I I brilliantly... Oh, you know what? I do have an email to read, though. Let's do that oh, first. Oh, let's do uh, the email. Let's yes, do please. do the email first, and then we'll get... Num, 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 emails. Num, 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 num. <laughs> so let me just go to my email. And this is from our friend Laurel Robertson. And she writes... Her headline is subject. Questions of the week. Ah. Or questions of the week. Questions of the week. She says, hello, dear David and dear Ian and dear sneakers. Yay. I am so ready for spring. And a sign came to me on January 14th that it is on the way. A single February gold daffodil bloomed in the warmest part of the property alongside the barn. The earliest I've ever had one bloom before this was on February 1st. So this was a so this was quite amazing. Then we got a big snow and a week of the melting snow freezing ice cycle. Oof. Laurel, you live in the south. It's hot there all the time. Don't lie to us. And just so cold. But yesterday, I checked that patch of daffodils when I saw the snow was off them, and more and more are preparing to bloom. I love daffodils and have thousands on this property, maybe 15 different varieties. So Chris Roberts' story of the Star James Watson variety delighted me. Would love to see a photo of it if it does bloom again this year. Oh, sorry. Would love to see a photo of it if it does bloom again this year, Chris. Also, how does one commission a daffodil breed? As to COVID effects, my 89-year-old father died with COVID last September 8th, one month short of his 90th birthday. So sorry. Yes, so sorry to hear that. He was double vaxxed, but waiting on the booster when his best friend caught COVID from a daughter, and apparently dad got it from him. Ugh, that's terrible. Currently, I know several people who have tested positive and have had mild symptoms because they were vaccinated and boosted, or no symptoms at all. Personally, my husband and I have not contacted contracted any form of virus. I have been continuing work as massage therapist since reopening in June 2020, always masked, always disinfecting between clients and requiring them to mask throughout the session, always being careful. We have vegetable and flower gardens, but I can't think of anything particularly odd. And we have many berry bushes and fruit trees, but I think they are all fairly normal. There is a native persimmon tree that has matured at the edge of the part, edge of a part of the woods. It hangs over the little road and over the pasture fence, 
Each autumn, we collect more and more persimmons as they ripen and fall, Aww. sharing them with any deer that happen by and my dogs who love them too. Ian, as are all your other fans, I am glad to hear you are recovering from the awful fall. Remember, healing takes time. Be easy on yourself. David, congratulations to you and your lovely Lisa on the new podcast, Horse Mysteries. The first episode is great fun. Thank you. Take care and stay safe and well, all, Laurel Robertson. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you very much. Thank you for your kind words. Always nice to hear from you. And no, I have nothing else to say about that. Okay. And so we do have, uh, Lisa came up with a question for this week. Yeah. Let me just, I've sent it to you as a message. Let me just go into our messages to all each right. other. Well, while you do that, uh, let me say, if you want to answer this question after you hear it, Here's what you do. <laughs> Go to SneakyDragon.com. That's our website. And every one of our episodes is up there, including, hey, Horse Mysteries. You can go check uh, check that out uh, directly there or wherever you get your uh, podcast. But if you go to uh, this episode of the show, underneath there is a space for messages, and that is where a lot of people uh, post messages. You can do it that way. Or if you want to go on Facebook, that's fine. Sneaky Dragon has a Facebook page. Boom. Do it there. Sneaky underscore Dragon on Twitter. Boom. Do it there. Uh, sneaky.tumblr.com. Do it there. And we'll go, what? Someone did it there? That's weird. That's surprising. Or be like <laughs> Laurel and uh, email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. If you feel like I got too much money in my pocket uh, and you want to uh, support the podcast, uh, we are on Patreon. You can go patreon.com slash sneakydragon, or we do have a link on our page. Uh, and uh, help, us, help us put coins in our dragon. Yeah. There you go. There's one coin in there right now. <laughs> Um, and uh, just a quick plug, and then we'll get to the question of the week. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we've uh, we we Dave and I do a book called Sparks, uh, book series called Sparks. There's a uh, three. There's Sparks. Uh, there's Sparks Double Dog Dare, and there's Sparks Future Perfect. You're going. Wait a second. I haven't seen that one yet. You're right because it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> it was going to come out in March, but because of supply issues, it's going to come out in February. Was it going to be in February? Mm-hmm. And then it was going to be in March. Now. Oh, sorry. No, it, that's right. Originally, it was in February. That's when we were, that's when our original deadline was aimed yeah. for. Then they moved it to March. Now. I believe it's April. Yeah. You're oh, right. now you got you're, me confused. No, no, you're right. You're right. I forgot about the April thing. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> sorry. So even Dave doesn't know. So yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm doing this plug. I mixed uh, up. <laughs> so it's a good time right now to go to your local bookstore and to uh, put in an order for it because that just helps us out. So just go to your local bookstore. Any bookstore will do. Uh, you know, your favorite one because, you know, support local. Yeah. Why not? Or if you don't want to support local, support the big bookstores. And if you don't want to support the book bookstores, you can buy it online. Eh, we're not going to judge you. Anyway, <laughs> it's called uh, Sparks Future Perfect, P-U-R-R-F-E-C-T. And we're very proud of it. It's uh, drawn by Nina Matsumoto, The Third Dragon, colored by David, written by me. And uh, it's a very sweet story with a lot of action, a lot of fun, a lot of humor. If you like the first two Sparks books, uh, you probably like it. If you didn't like the first two Sparks books, well, why? why you should, yeah, you should try it again. Are you sure again. you didn't like them? Maybe and if you haven't read time. the first two Sparks books, get out there and get the Sparks books. They've won awards and stuff. Yes. Okay. Dave, what is the question of the week? Question of the week is, this is from Lisa. Yay. Lisa asks, what, when you were younger, what is something you saved up all your money to buy? Oh. Something that you saved up all your money to buy. I did that when I was a kid. I saved up all my money. I saved up my babysitting money and my flyer and newspaper delivery money. And I bought a 10-speed bicycle. That is excellent. Uh, what did I save up my money to buy? 
I can't think of it right now, but I'll try to by next week. Make up a story. Uh, and I'll also go like, hey, this is just a dumb one. Um, uh, what is the first ice cream flavor uh, that you ran across that you went, what? <laughs> oh, I've never thought of that. All oh, right. Yeah. So for me, mm-hmm. the one that I went, what? Yeah. Um, aside from Tiger Tail, because I thought the, the idea of licorice was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, wasabi. Oh, yeah. Uh, durian for me. Okay. Um, okay. I've got one more then. All right. This is a very simple one. Q-tips. Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the internet. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. My old joke was uh, we were so poor uh, as a kid, uh, we had to use P-tips, uh, which were just uh, pencil erasers. Just put them in there. Yeah. That's better than what I was thinking of. Oh, well, there you are. <laughs> Sucking on a chili dog outside taste freeze. Making some money. Getting on my knees. What? No. <laughs> Don't. There's nothing. Whoa. Why are we ending with that? Oh, why? Don't tips. end with that. Stop it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go check out Horse Mysteries uh, on the Sneaky Dragon uh, family of fine products. Yeah. And, uh, and drop them a line. Drop them a line. And uh, maybe you've got a horse mystery of your own. Share it with them. You do that. Uh, you might want to. Uh, I've uh, been Ian. I've been David. All right. Let's all be healthy next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. turn this show off (laughs) sing that song again that'll turn off the show